one. bringing you the NFL satisfaction. You know what's up. You're listening to the Third and Three podcast brought to you by Anchor Radio and presented by the Sports Column. My name is Jason Fearman, and with me are my teammates, Tricky Nikki Gist. And after a two-week hiatus of glory, the real deal Damian Adams is back to complete the trifecta. Nikki, we got our coach back in the house, and we missed you, man. Nikki, as we know, it was for a great reason. So we are dedicating neighborhood news completely to our friend, our co-host, our family member, the newlywed Mr. Damian Adams and his beautiful wife, Nikki. Yay, D, I'm so excited. Jay, I thank you for making me look good the past two weeks, but I am so happy. To I'd, have- I'd say it was the other way around. I'd say. It was the other way around. <laughs> I'm so happy that Damien is back. Much congratulations to you. Saw your video on Facebook. You know, D, you looked all right, but your wife looked stunning. Okay, so much congratulations to you guys. Wishing you all the happiness. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Very happy for you, D. Uh, Thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate it. Um, you're absolutely right, Nikki. Uh, I definitely I'll kick my coverage when it comes when it comes to this. I, I'm a very good punter in that way. Um, but <laughs> John Hecker of weddings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but now nah, it was a, it was a great time, man. We had a, a beautiful ceremony, a beautiful wedding, nice little mini honeymoon, and you know it was a great you know time away. You know, got to take that break. But now I am so ready to be back with you guys and talk some football. Oh, we're so happy that you are, man. Listen, hey, we were, again, we're so happy for you, man. The family, God bless you. We wish you nothing but the best. And we're, yeah, again, we're so glad you're here with us today. You know, we've been talking football, obviously, the past couple of weeks, missing you, naming you in every other sentence that we speak because we love you so much, man. But you're back, and I, I'm very happy about that. I got to give a really quick shout out to my man Courtney Harden over there on Twitter at Courtney110979. He's the host of Get the Real Deal. That's interesting. Most important is that he's a good man, a giving man, and a man who rocks the mic when the levels are up. I've been on his show before and had a blast, so follow him and listen in. That's my shout out there. Nikki, I don't know if you had one this week. I did not. Okay, no big deal. No big deal. You know, we shout out the whole podcast world. We love you all. And more shout outs to come. But one quick question before we get to round of applause and tomatoes. You you guys notice, you know, the term playoff birth. All right. And this just came to me right before the show. I had no idea of planning on this, but I was on NFL.com or whatever the hell it is. And I saw, you know, playoff birth, what teams have to do to get in, yada, yada, yada. 
I've always wondered why they spell it B-E-R-T-H, all right? And why not B-I-R-T-H like birth, like you're being born. So it was always a weird thing, but it never occurred to me to look it up. But you know what? I did look it up. And here's what it means. You ready? A birth is a designated location in a port or harbor using for mooring vessels when they are not at sea. Berths provide a vertical front, which allows safe and secure mooring that can then loading or loading of cargo or people from vessels. Can you explain in the freaking world to me what the hell that has to do with the play of birth? I don't understand that. That makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Where do they come up with this stuff? Just B-I-R-T-H. There you go. And leave it alone. So there's your actual definition for birth with an E. So, you know, Rotten Tomatoes going on over there for them. But let's get into some of our Rotten Tomatoes right now. Let's do this bad boy. Nikki, I know yes. how you love to pour some tomatoes, girls. So why don't you start us off? Yes, my favorite part. Other than knowledge with Nikki, I love tossing Rotten Tomatoes. Um, <laughs> so this week, I am tossing my tomatoes on the Dallas hype train. Um, everybody needs to get off of it. Okay. This is what I'm so sick of this fan base and media. They win one game and you know, hello, it's the NFC East. All right. Like nobody's a world beater. You win one game. All of a sudden we're talking about going on a run, going on a playoff run, going to win the Super Bowl. You haven't won the Super Bowl since 1995. Stop. What are you doing? And (laughs) You want to make the playoffs? Okay, let's look about, like, what your playoff history has been. Yeah, you've made it. 14, 16, 18, 09, 06, 03. But you know what? You keep losing to the same damn teams multiple times. Giants, Packers, Eagles, Green Bay, Seattle. So you know what? You guys are a bunch of losers. You got to jump off this hype train and get on the get real train on the corner of dream on and never going to happen. I love it. Ella, she's the best. I love it. I love that she throws it out there just like that. Give it up. The tomatoes are all over the place, Nikki. I feel it and I hear it, girl. I do. I do. Damien, what do you think about that? That is amazing. That's one of the reasons I missed you guys. Is <laughs> those type of rants right there. Uh, I totally agree. You know, the Dallas fan base, it doesn't take a, just an inch of positivity and they go several miles with it. So I definitely agree with Nikki that the hype train needs to stop. I hate, like, every year they're going to the Super Bowl. Every win, they're going to turn the season around. Every first down, now it's going to be the momentum that takes them forward. So I definitely agree. (laughs) Unreal. Bunch of nonsense. Let's get more tomatoes going. Or do you want to do a round of applause? Up to you. I'm going to go Rotten Tomatoes, and I have a lot to give out. Ooh. I'm going to give out my Rotten Tomatoes to the entire week of NFL Week 14. Ooh. Oh, the whole week, huh? Yeah. Like, wow. Where were the good games at? So I'm talking Thursday through Sunday. Now, of course, not Monday night. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Leave that <laughs> one out. Yeah, I'm keeping that one out of it. But the games, there were no compelling games at all. Especially, like, if you watched the early slate on Sunday, Literally, you're just flipping channels like, okay, okay, this isn't good. Uh, hopefully, Miami gets back into this game. Uh, I'm watching the Giants lose again to Arizona. Uh, this is, <laughs> Daniel Jones is fumbling again. You're not really getting anything <laughs> to really be excited about. So, yeah, NFL Week 14 was a big dud until Monday night. So, I throw my tomatoes out at 31 other teams 
or whoever had buys, I guess you're out of it too. But all those other teams get all these. And I don't think anybody had buys. So, yes, all 31 teams get all these tomatoes. That's right. 32 teams here in this. <laughs> you know, D, D, I was looking as he was speaking at the scores, and Nikki, he's right. There really was maybe two games that had a field goal, and they were between two teams that had nothing to do with the playoff situation. So, He's got a great point. There was nothing compelling or exciting going on on Sunday except for, you know, who's moving where in the playoffs. So that's a pretty good one. I like that. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely like that one. All right. Let's see. Let me go with uh, since we're doing tomatoes. I had a few of them, but let me pick out my favorite one. Um, You know what? I'm going to throw them at the Raiders. All right. The Raiders had their chance to get themselves into playoff position in the playoffs against the Colts, okay? And they would control their own destiny from there on out, at, you know, having to win, you know, every game or whatever it would be if they went 10 and 6, 9 and 7, whatever it may be. But the Colts smashed them. And I'm not surprised because I knew the Colts were going to be a great team this year. And they got, again, they got their butt. What was the final score of this game? Let me just check real quick. I know it was like 44 to 21, something ridiculous like that. But, yeah, 44 to 27. So, if the Raiders wanted to be a playoff team, they would have shown up way better than that. That was a poor, poor job by the entire team, offense, defense, coaching, everything. So, the Raiders, you just proved to me that you don't belong in the playoffs. You're out. All my tomatoes go with you. Yeah, I got to agree with that one. Uh, I've never seen a team take a quantum fall in the way that (laughs) – in the way that the Raiders have. Uh, it seemed like just maybe, you know, a minute ago, we were talking about how this team has turned the corner. They beat Kansas City in Kansas City. Oh, they're ready to go to the playoffs. They seem like a quality team, and something happened. That defense is horrible. And it's just been, yeah. you know, one fall off the other, and they have not been able to get back on track, man. And it's something that, you know, you're looking forward to Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. You know, you also have uh, Whaler there at tight end. And now you're just not seeing that in the playoffs because this defense is just horrible. That's exactly what's going on. The defense is horrible. And, yeah, they can score points. But when they come against the Colts, who are, you know, top five defense, they're not going to score as many points. So, you know what? They blew their chance. I mean, they're not out of it completely. But I don't think they're going to the playoffs right now, Nikki. So let's uh, hear one of your round of applause. Which one's your favorite? Go for it. Well, it's interesting you gave your tomatoes to the Raiders because I'm giving my flowers to the Colts. Ah, there we go. All right. Great yeah, months. Look at that. Like in opposite ways. Yeah, a little synergy. <laughs> um, no, shout out to them. I mean, they played a hell of a game, um, especially Kenny Moore, that one-handed diving end zone interception. Jonathan Taylor outran the entire friggin' secondary of the Raiders. <laughs> 62-yard yeah. sprint. Indy racked up 456 total yards, 212 of them on the ground. Um, Indy played so well that the Raiders fired their defensive coordinator less than three hours after the game. Right, right. Yep. That's a round of applause. (laughs) Yeah, right. No kidding. Wow. Geez, yeah, for the Raiders, I guess they were just saying. Oh, button didn't work, but that's all right. (laughs) It was at this moment that he knew. He fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then now he's out of there. He's gone. Sorry for the delay on the button, folks. Apologize about that one. But, yeah, that's interesting that, you know, you th- look, throw him at the Colts all day. I love it. I love it because I love the head coach. 
Love the team. You know, Philip Rivers, I know he's a statue back there, but they're getting the job done. So a round of applause, no doubt. I'm with you. All right, what about you, Damian? I'm going to give my flowers and round of applause to the cornerbacks this past weekend. We had three of the best interceptions maybe you've ever seen this past week. Yeah. Uh, like, the athleticism of cornerbacks, uh, we know that they're athletic, but I don't think it gets – talked about enough that they're probably the most athletic guys on the field. And I think they had the second hardest position on the field outside yep. of quarterback. Yep. When you think about trying to stick guys like Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, these guys who are 6'3", 220, running four threes. You know, imagine back when Megatron was playing, 6'5", and you're, you know, 5'11", trying to guard these guys. And the fact they're out here making these one-handed interceptions, the one Xavier Howard made, my hmm. God, like that was just, <laughs> that was just nuts. Uh, the one the Jet, the kid from the Jets, like they've had some crazy interceptions, and this week was definitely the just the best of seeing the athleticism from the cornerbacks. That's a really good call because you know what they say that cornerback cornerbacks play corner because they can't catch the ball. Well, there, there you go. Look at what happened uh, over this weekend. So you make a great point right there. They can catch the ball. They just happen to be better at covering players, which is definitely, in my opinion without a doubt, the second hardest job behind quarterback in the NFL. Because I've played cornerback uh, times. I've had to fill in from safety. And when you're facing a fast guy, you know, you want to press him because you don't want him to beat you off the line sometimes. Or you don't want to give him a few yards. But then, you know, he's got the moves on you. It's a tough, tough job. There's no question. So uh, big ups to you over there on that one, no doubt. Amazing uh, defensive backs, interceptions, one-handed grabs. Great job on that one. All right, to close out the applause, Damien, I'm sorry, bro, but I have to go to Jalen Hurts. You know, it's like the Eagles haven't won a game in 45 years, and in comes this kid who got drafted, you know, to maybe be the replacement, and they get a win. And he looked good. You know, he ran the ball. He threw the ball decent. And they won against your Saints. Again, they didn't have Drew Brees, so they're not fully intact. So, again, there's nothing to do with the Saints. It just has to do with the fact that this kid stepped up and if you want to talk about an electric spark for a team, he gives it to him. I mean, look, they won a game against one of the best teams in the NFL, and Carson Wentz, their billion-dollar quarterback, wasn't playing. It was a rookie. So Jalen Hurts, way to freaking go, man. Way to get your team charged up. Way to play ball. Way to not be scared. Step up in the moment. Make big plays. I'm giving it up to you big time, man. So, Damian, again, I know you don't want to hear it. We'll talk about the game later, but Nikki. Jalen Hurts, I mean, we'll talk about it more later, but maybe starting quarterback from here on out and continuing into 2021. <sighs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see why you gave him an applause. Have to, have to. I, I had a few other ones in mind, but you know what? That one was, was pretty special, I have to say, especially given everything involved. All right, before we get to our records and our week four, 14 ranting recap, Quick trivia question for you guys. Who leads the NFL in receiving yards this season? You want to go first, Nikki? Uh, I think no. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Coach is back. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I believe in receiving yards. Ooh. I know receptions, receiving yards. Receiving yards, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah, probably. Okay, Nikki, you agree with him? Yeah, it sounds like a good call. It is a good call, but you know who it is? Travis Kelsey. 
1,250 wow. yards. That's why I said it. A tight end leading the league in receiving yards. How about that, huh? Even with Tyree Kill on the team. I found that very interesting. So, wow. Even with still four games to go, look at what he's doing. Unbelievable. And people are, like, talking about him for MVP. I'm not going that far, but very amazing what's going on right now. All right, look, let's get to our records over here from last week. Damien, as we know, had a much better weekend than we did. But uh, I, I did all right. I went 11-5, and five, but I only single locked, so it's pretty pathetic. You know, I definitely would have, you know, lost money in Vegas, there's no doubt. But 11-5 and five is a good record. But what's a really good record is Nikki, 13-3. and three. Woo! Way to go, Nikki. And you double locked? Double locked, very, very impressive. That's, I think, our second best record. Damien, I think, went 13 and two one week. So that's pretty tough to beat unless we're going to go undefeated or one loss. So, Nikki, great job, 13 and three and double locked. Excellent. Thank Excellent. you. Thank you very much. I didn't okay. know that. Well, hey. hey, Nikki. Thank Dirt. you. Absolutely. That's right. Give me the flowers in the round of applause. Ooh, there you go. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Bring it my right. way. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I love it. All right, here we go. Let's get a little ranting recap action on. All right, let's do this bad boy. All right, week 14. Let's just start with the last game that we saw, which was Ravens-Browns. I mean, if you stayed up in the wee hours of the night, it was tough, but it was so exciting. It reminded me, Damian, of the 49ers-Saints game from last year, where it's back and forth and fighting till the very end and all that sort of stuff. Forget about the safety at the end. The Ravens won on the field goal. So I know that Nikki's husband is certainly happy about that game. But what I took from that game is that both of these teams really want it really badly. The defense didn't show up. They're both going to have to get better on that side. But I I predicted, Damian, that the NFC North would have three playoff teams. And I I think it might go that way right now. The Ravens won 47-42. What are your thoughts? Great game. Great game. Amazing, right? Uh, yeah, it was a great game to watch. Man, your Cleveland Browns, they are for real. Thank I have you. to, I can't, you know, I had my reservations about them when they started off high because they did have an easy schedule throughout most of the season, but now they're proving that they are a for real team. And, you know, with that last game being against Pittsburgh, that game could be very important um, now that Pittsburgh is struggling. Um, but this game was just unbelievable to watch. Love all the plays that are getting made. Uh, Lamar Jackson, if y'all know if he had to use the bathroom to do number two or not. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He totally did. He came back light as a feather. He totally did. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) If he had to do number two and then came back to win the game that way, it makes it more epic than coming back from a calf cramp. Like, if I had to do number two that bad, I would say, hey, I ate something wrong. You know, it was messing with my stomach. But I came back and did this. Like it makes it more epic, in my opinion, that you did it in that way. Uh, <laughs> but it was a it was a great game. Uh, Baltimore oh. definitely needed it, you know, because they're still technically not in the playoffs yet, right? They're behind wow. Miami because Miami has a tiebreaker with the conference record. That's so they right. definitely needed this win badly. But if I'm a Cleveland fan, I am happy because I know that my team is for real. Mm-hmm. And going into the playoffs, we may make some noise. So I love I, this game definitely showed that. Love every word that you just said right there. Yep, I, they proved it to me when they beat the Titans, when they crushed them. You know, they let them come back in the second half, Nikki. But, yeah, they went – look, they still haven't beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh, but they fought to the very end until Justin Kicker had to kick the 50-plus yard field goal in order to win the game. 
Ah, this was an exciting game. I'm telling you how to go to the bathroom because I don't know. Like you just, you feel so much, you know, you feel better, whatever. We all do it. So I don't know why there's shame in saying it. Like, so, I mean, you just feel better. And if that was cramps, well, damn, I want to know what he got for cramps because I would like to feel that good if I get a cramp out or something. Oh man, you'd be surprised. Oh man, I want, I just, but did you guys see that, um, I forget what company it is, it's a bidet company, they're like sending the entire Ravens team a bunch of bidets, so. Hilarious, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think oh, that's, man. that's great, <laughs> I've never actually used one in my life, but I'm gonna have to, I gotta give it a yeah. shot. Yeah, let me know your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a wet wipe guy, but we'll move on past that. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about the Bucks and the Vikings? Tampa Bay had a week off. Maybe they came to some, you know, middle terms, you know, middle of the road between Bruce Arians and Tom Brady pulled off the win against the Vikings who needed that game bad. And the Bucks just maybe solidify themselves in the playoffs. Um, they needed a week to regroup, Nikki, in my mind, and they did. And let's see how they do going forward. But if I'm a Buck fan, I have confidence. Yeah, of course. You feel like Tom Brady is in, like, gradually getting into his playoff mode. And for the Vikings, I mean, Dan Bailey probably just cost him a playoff berth. So that's what you get for relying on an ex-cowboy who can't do anything. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, like, Damien, that was unbelievable. How, how can you miss – what do you miss, five kicks, a few extra points? and that Three was... kicks and an extra point, yep. Wow. Wow. What do you yeah. No, it's, it's definitely crazy. Uh, the only reason he still had a job up to that point is that the protocol right now of trying out new players is that they have to pass, I believe, six tests, COVID tests, before they can even be brought to the facility for a tryout. So don't, if it was a normal year, it was a non-COVID year, I think he would have been cut already. And you see why. Like, he definitely cost him that game. If you imagine he makes, you know, those four kicks you force Tampa Bay into some other situations and maybe you have a totally different game. It's not like Tom Brady tore it up in this game. You know, he had the one deep pass, but he was, you know, had less than 200 yards passing. Uh, their offense definitely wasn't tearing it up. Their defense did a good job uh, of doing okay against Dalvin Cook and against that offense. But it was the, the kicking is really what cost him the game. Yeah, man. I mean, you said that, that he needed, what, six COVID tests before he can come in? He should have had to kick six field goals before he come in. in order. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, man. Geez. So the Vikings hurt themselves a little bit. They were going to talk about the playoff picture later, but the Bucks definitely helped themselves. You know that about it. Let's get on to this one. The Chiefs were demolishing the Dolphins. This final score ended up being 33-27. So the Dolphins didn't quit. Two was still, you know, he got to take his lumps but I, you know I like the way the kid played but they were no match for the Chiefs Damien I mean we, we knew it going in it was just a matter of what the score was going to be yeah no Kansas City is a better team when you could turn over the ball four times and still win in a comfortable fashion this shows you how much of a better team you are and how much your you know your room for error is and Kansas City Mahomes first really bad game of the year and they still are able to win this way uh, Miami did show a lot of heart coming back I do believe they are a good team that's well coached I've uh, been saying that for a while about this squad. And you saw it in this game in their fight. But Kansas City is just too much. Yeah, and, you know, Miami's supposed to be a top defense, and they showed it at times during that game. But 
Um, you know, in, or, in order to do that, you're going to have to do – it's the Chiefs. You know, they scored 33. And like you said, they turned the ball over so many times, they could have scored even more. So the Dolphins, yeah, it was the Chiefs. But, Nikki, does that make you a little shaky with uh, the Dolphins' defense a bit? <sighs> what, Dolphins and Chiefs? Yeah. Um, I actually – I have a couple observations on the Chiefs, if I can just get into my notes real quick. Sorry. Um yeah, no, they have a little bit of breathing room. I have some concerns. Do you guys have any concerns about the Chiefs, by the way? Uh, running game would be my yeah. concern. Yeah. yeah and, maybe the running game, but they compensate for it in, in other ways. But, yeah, I hear you. But I like the fact that Le'Veon Bell and, and Clyde Edwards-Solaire are both there. If they can be healthy, then, you know, Andy Reid is an old fool. You know, he learned that he has to run the ball. So, but, Nikki, go ahead. No, but okay, but that's kind of my point. I feel like they don't do just regular football really well. Like everything has to be this overcomplicated design play. Like just run it up the gut with Bell or Clyde Edwards Hilaire sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you don't always have to over design the play. So I feel like that's when they play regular football, that's when they get sloppy and a little too close for comfort. And I think they can be kind of self-destructive. Um, they've won their last five games by just 21 points combined. So I feel like, you know, maybe the right or wrong team will see that they can be vulnerable and take advantage of that. Yeah, but that's also what makes them great, you know, is is the fact that they can go off script and and do these things and not run a conventional offense and and do all these gadget plays or whatever you want to call them. That's what makes them great. It's the players on the field being able to execute these very complicated plays with but the right But it doesn't play. always need to be. And not to interrupt you, though, but let me throw something else at you. They are the worst team um, in both offense and defense in short yardage okay so that means converting and stopping that is the one that shocked me the most like that is a problem I think going forward especially going into the playoffs like that's just not a situation you want to be in and they rank dead last I mean that's a great look that's a great point Damien you know obviously you can't argue with the stats I mean sometimes they are skewed but again when I look at take it back to the Super Bowl 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter you got Patrick Mahomes going against the best defense in the world. To me, it's when you have the quarterback and you have, you know, other guys, obviously, who can make noise like the leading receiver in the league this year and, and Tyree Kill. Uh, I think that's what the difference maker is. But, Nikki, you make great points, and I understand why you feel that way. But still, all that being said, they only lost one game this year. No, I know. I'm just saying, you know – you run into the wrong team and you start, you know, just do sometimes you just got to do basic things. And I feel like that's where they struggle. And then they start to self-destruct a little bit and you run into a team who wants to take advantage of that. And it's not going to be easy. Well, what yeah. Damien, why don't, Damien, give me an example of a team who may be able to do that. I think Buffalo could be a team okay. that could take advantage of those things that Nikki pointed out. So you think about the fact that, you know, they have, trouble in short yard situations the only thing that you could say against that is that they're Kansas City so they don't have to be in those situations often so it's like okay true, I, you know, we're not going to be in third and two that often because we're going to make it on second down or first down anyway so with them they have the ultimate eraser for any of their issues and Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey uh, you dropped that great stat earlier he's leading the league in receiving yards at tight end Tyreek Hill who you know is fast as I like to say 
So it's something that with that team, they have so much talent that they can get over those humps and over all those things that Nikki pointed out because they're just so talented. But it could come to back to bite you. We're seeing that with Pittsburgh right now. Sometimes you have enough talent to where you can get over those humps, but then when people catch up to you with a certain strategy or just have just the right type of team, maybe you'll run into that team in the playoffs, and that could be Buffalo in my opinion. Okay, Nikki, would you say Buffalo or Pittsburgh, or who are you thinking that would give them the most problems? Yeah, no, I definitely think Buffalo can. I think Pittsburgh yeah. can. I actually think probably Tennessee can give, get them on a right day because they do that pretty well. I'm just saying I can see where Kansas City can trip themselves up. Do they have the talent to overcome that? Yes, absolutely. But as we all know, sometimes it only takes a couple miscues and a game gets out of hand. Okay, that's fair enough. I can totally I can totally meet in the middle on that, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, like I say, it's just, you know, their record and the way that they, that they do things, but I totally hear your points and stats do back it up. So I'm with you there. All right, good. I like that little debate. We can go off cue. I, I love it. Let's uh, go to the next game, though. We got the Titans, as you just spoke of. If they get hot, if Derrick Henry's hot, then they're very close to unbeatable, and they won 31-10 over Jacksonville. The Titans had to win this game, obviously, you know, to stay, uh, you know, atop uh, the AFC South where, you know, the Colts have beaten down the door. So really nothing much to say except that the better team won this game, Damian. Yeah, they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, Derrick Henry, you know, dominated and definitely built on his stats. It's going to be exciting to see if he can get to 2,000 yards. He has a shot at doing that in these last few games, going against some defenses that aren't that good against the run. Uh, so that's going to be the exciting thing is, will he do that in the Titans' pursuit of winning the AFC South? But like you said, they did what they were supposed to do in beating the Jaguars. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, Nick, we sometimes talk about the Jaguars giving up a, you know, giving a fight. This time they didn't do it. No, because they're up against Mr. December. That's what Derrick Henry is, yeah. Mr. December. That's where he comes alive. That's right. You got Mr. October, Mr. November, and here's Mr. December in football. There you go. There you go. I don't think any misters in anything between uh, the Cowboys and the Bengals. Like, you know, Nikki, you said it perfectly, and I, I don't even give it. This was the least important game of the weekend as far as I'm concerned. The Cowboys won 30-7, to but who really gives a damn, in my opinion? Um, it, Go on. It, it means nothing. The Cowboys are going nowhere. The Bengals are going nowhere. So, like you said, Damien, it was a, kind of a shit show of games going on this weekend. Yeah, yeah, and this was the top of the shit show. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, they beat on a Cincinnati team. As you could tell, Cincinnati is kind of once um, Joe Burrow got hurt, that kind of deflated the ball in their season, and the Cowboys took advantage and won this game. But it's not like I expect the Cowboys not to go on a winning streak and, you know, have a shot at the division. So not much to say about this game. Two bad teams and one team just took advantage of another. Yeah, that's all. And and look, honestly, Cincinnati was just like saying, listen, get me out of here. <laughs> get to the just wanted out of there. You know, that game was done, Nikki. So I, I don't know what you can add on to this debacle, but go for it if you can. Nothing. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys won. Damn it. Screw it. Whatever. All yeah. right. Now, let's explain how the Bears won scoring 36 points and holding the Texans to seven, basically playing a perfect game. And now the talk starts, are the Bears for real with Trubisky? Maybe a little bit too late over here, Nikki, and even are they that good? Is it just a good Trubisky day and a good day for the defense of the Bears? Or are they real contenders on the bubble? 
Um, I feel like if you're a Bears fan, like you'd probably be like, oh, so happy that you won. But actually, I'd probably be pissed because I think this game just showed you, had you taken the right quarterback, how good you probably could be. Um, (laughs) But to me, this game was a case of a team without a quarterback beating up on a great quarterback without a team. Yeah, that's pretty well said. That's really well said. And and Damian, they're six and seven like Minnesota. They're just a game away from Arizona with the seventh seed with four games to go. You think Chicago can catch fire and possibly get in this thing? Uh, they could get in. It wouldn't be them catching fire. It'd be them maybe catching up to a team that's on fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Cardinals are maybe Minnesota. But I definitely agree with Nikki. She put it in a great way. I hate the one good Trubisky game of the year. There's always one where he looks like a former number two overall pick. And the people who believe in Trubisky, the Trubisky truthers, they call them, um, they come out of the woodworks and like, see, you see the potential, you see it. One. Yeah, so with Trubisky, I hate the fact that he has these one good game a year. I shouldn't say these. He has that one good game a year (laughs) uh, yeah it's (laughs) it's something that you know just gets on my nerves the Trubisky truthers come out of nowhere and now they're like oh you see the potential he had a day where he was better than both Mahomes and Watson all right (laughs) whoop-de-doo hang up a trophy get him a ribbon say that on you know December the 13th he had a day where he was better than both, you know, Watson and Mahomes, because that's the only day it happened in his career. There's a reason why those guys have major extensions and he doesn't. And we we know the reason. All uh-huh. right. So stop it. Stop it. Right. Exactly. And speaking of Deshaun Watson, he just needs to go somewhere else. He, they need to get him weapons in Houston or he needs to go somewhere else because this is a supreme waste of talent. He's the top five quarterback guys. And for him to be surrounded by this junk, no good. And by this franchise, no good. If I were him, I would try to demand to get the hell out of there. But th- that's another story for another day. I need to see him on a good team. Like, again, me and Nikki were talking. Imagine if he was the Tennessee Titans quarterback. Oh, my God. It, them in Kansas City be battling every single year. Whew. All right, let's get to the next one. Broncos beat the Panthers, much to my surprise and demise, 32-27. to 27. It's kind of a who gives a damn game because it's not going anywhere. But yeah, the Broncos got a road win and they actually looked halfway decent. And it was one of the competitive games, if you want to call it that, this weekend, even though I didn't pay any attention to it, Nikki. Um, yeah, but you know what? Drew Locke is a real gunslinger, huh? I feel like he wants to just throw the ball uh, downfield on every play. And I feel like he'd totally be fine with that. Kid loves it. Um, I thought he did a nice job. And I, I don't think he forced anything. He was just taking what came to him. And, um, yeah, he was able to really hurt the Panthers by going deep. Well, then maybe Drew Locke should go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they want to throw the ball deep, like we were talking about him or Derek Carr or something like that, because it's not Tom Brady's job over there, uh, Damian. But, uh, yeah, all right, so the Broncos uh, – they won a game, you know, we were all high on them, you know, in the beginning of the year, they disappointed us, injuries, you know, so on and so forth. But uh, all right, they take a win with a quarter of the season left to go, which really doesn't mean much. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely it doesn't mean much. But if you're a Broncos fan, you see some promise there in Drew Locke uh, for the Panthers. 
you know, Teddy Bridgewater had a decent game. You know, you have some positives you can take away. But, yeah, if you're watching this game, it's probably because you have money on it. You guys think <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. No kidding. You guys think Bridgewater is going to be their quarterback next season? I think so. You know, he signed a three-year deal. So, yeah. they probably can't get out of it until after next year. Uh, and they don't have, like, a super good draft spot either to where they can get one of those top guys that would make you get rid of a Bridgewater. So, I think he gets one more year to try to prove himself. Okay. All right, maybe so. Nikki, what do you think? I mean, there's a couple of good guys coming out, two, three, four, maybe in the first round. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not a scout. But what do you think? You think that the Panthers would be comfortable with Teddy B running the show? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? I I think he needs a little bit better of a supporting cast. But, I mean, he's a good quarterback. So I could see them giving it a shot for another year. Yeah, I like him a lot. I'm a huge fan. I just don't know if he's the guy that's going to get you over the hump. That's all. You might need, um, you know, a supreme defense with a guy like him. But no, uh, no knock on Teddy B. I'm big fan, big fan. I'm not a fan of the Seahawks who crush the Jets, who just can't get a win anyway at all. So it was a little practice for Seattle before the playoffs, a little experimental game. They won 40 to 3, Damian. And, you know, what more can you say? The Seahawks seem, you know, where. A few weeks ago, they were trying to find themselves. The defense finally has gotten better and healthier. And, you know, Russell Wilson may not be that MVP that we that Nikki and I were, you know, talking about and hoping for and everything. But they look like a team that's ready to go into the playoffs. But then again, it was the Jets. Yeah. Um, again, it's another game where a team did what they were supposed to do. You beat up the Jets. Um, it's just saying that, hey, we're mature enough to handle, you know, not looking, overlooking the opponent. And they did what they were supposed to do, but it's not something to write home about. It's the Jets. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's the Jets. Yeah, big, big news break. (laughs) The Jets suck, in case you didn't know. Right, Nikki? (laughs) Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I got nothing here. Much like the Jets, this game was just a a non-factor to me. Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, it's funny. He gets to the podium and they go like this. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. But there's no answer. The Jets have no answer. So they might as well just go ahead and draft, you know, Trevor and, uh, you know, do all that sort of stuff. To the next game, I was talking about the Raiders. My tomatoes went all over the place at them, all over Vegas, unfortunately. Be careful walking in the streets on the strip. The Colts, 44 to 27. This was the Raiders' chance, like I said, Nikki. And they didn't completely blow it. But again, this game would have put the destiny in their own hands. They would have been in the playoffs as of right now and they're not. And it wasn't even a close game. They got shellacked. Yeah, they did, which is why you toss your tomatoes. I gave my flowers to Indy, but since I already touched on, I really won't go into too much detail other than I will say this Pittsburgh better watch out for Indy. Yeah. You know, again, maybe so again, but the way that Pittsburgh's been playing, you know, they're going to need to rise up Damien and the Colts, They're definitely hungry, and if they can run the ball the way that they did and use their backs, watch out, man. Yeah, no, the Colts definitely can make some noise. If they end up playing Pittsburgh in that first round, yeah, you could see an upset there. I definitely agree with that. And the Raiders, just so disappointing, like we touched on here earlier. They showed so much promise early in the year, and now you're starting to wonder, is John Gruden worth that 10-year, $100 million deal that he got? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if any coach is really worth that. I mean, really. I mean, uh, yeah, so the Raiders, you know, sitting on that bubble over there, they're at uh, seven and six. 
with the Ravens above them at eight and five, Miami eight and five. You know, we're getting to the playoff picture, but Indy's at nine and four. So they're sitting pretty comfortably right now. They're happy whether it's going to be a wild card or division win. Of course, I'm sure they want to win the division. Moving on to the next game, that means absolutely nothing. The Chargers won 20 to 17 over the Falcons. I guess somebody had to win that game in some sort of way or fashion. But hey, at least Justin Herbert finally got a win, Nikki. So that's maybe one good thing to take out of it. <laughs> Like uh, and this game, I hate this game. Like, of course, the Chargers would finally find a way to close out a game against the team that's like a mirror image of themselves. Like, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, I'm sure it felt good for Justin Herbert to lead his first game winning, winning drive. That's got to feel pretty awesome. Um, other than that, only thing that came out of this game was a bunch of rumors that Matt Ryan's going to San Francisco. Oh my God, please. Yeah, that look, Matt Ryan. I look, I'm not looking for a guy for a year or two over here. And I'm not, look, yeah, he, he and Kyle Shanahan, I understand, but Shanahan's running a different system. I don't want an aging guy. I'd rather have a younger guy. I don't know, Damien. I mean, if you were a Niner fan, would you want Matt Ryan to be your quarterback? Do you think that that would do it? Um, I wouldn't want Matt Ryan, but looking at the fact that you guys, even with all the injuries, you guys have played decent this year, so you wouldn't be in position to get one of those top guys in the draft. Um, so if you don't get a Matt Ryan, then maybe looking at a Sam Donald, maybe, uh, someone like that to take a chance on. Uh, I still believe Sam Donald could be good in the right situation. So if I was a Niners fan, I probably would want to take a chance on Sam Donald instead of taking Matt Ryan. But you do know Matt Ryan has been successful. His one MVP year was with your head coach. So that's something that could compel the 49ers to make that move. Yeah. You want to know what other name I heard, guys, is Dak Prescott possibly to the 49ers if he really wants out of the Cowboys. I would love that. I think that if Dak Prescott went to the Niners, they become an automatic Super Bowl contender. What do you think? Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. Dak Prescott, if he's playing at the level he was playing at before the injury, he was playing lights out. Oh, he lights up. And um, he led the league in passing yards for quite a bit after he got hurt, which shows you how, you know, how much he was balling pre-injury. Mm-hmm. And if the Cowboys are foolish enough not to pay him, not to make sure that he knows that he's wanted, then take full advantage and have him on your roster. That team is ready. That oh, uh, is healthy, but Dak Prescott is a Super Bowl-ready team. Ooh, I would love it. I would absolutely love it, Nikki. There's no doubt about it. Hey, I, I would love to have this guy, Aaron Rodgers, for the Packers. They keep winning. He keeps putting himself right next to Patrick Mahomes in the MVP race. They beat the Lions 31-24. to I knew it would be close, but not, you know, like close, close to Packers. You know, they had it in hand. And, uh, yeah, they're a top three team, top four team at worst. Uh, the Packers look really good. Their one weak spot, though, Nikki, is probably their run defense. So they're going to have to fix that up, uh, you know, real quick, depending on who they're playing in the playoffs. But uh, the Packers are a team ready to go. And now, like we'll get into in the playoff picture, they have the number one spot. So they may be the team because they beat New Orleans earlier in the year, 37 to 30. They may have the the, the, the uh, top spot and home field advantage. Yeah, and like we talked about with their run defense, I th- think we touched on that um last week so they definitely do have to clean that up but in general I think their defense did a good job uh and getting some pressure on Matt Stafford um and shutting down their run game so um and the Packers had the ball for 35 minutes I didn't realize that until I looked back on the um on the stats and time of possession is everything and you can tell Aaron Rodgers was on fire 
Like we're getting playoff Aaron Rodgers, and I don't think the Lions ever stood a chance. Yeah, I, I'm with you all the way, no doubt. Yeah, Lock City on that one, Damian. And yeah, you got to give it up to Aaron Rodgers, obviously. And uh, yeah, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but now they're the number one seed, and that's tough. You know, they're going to need to lose a game somewhere along the way for New Orleans to recapture that because. The, the difference between New Orleans playing at home in the Dome and having that and Green Bay having freezing cold is such a complete difference. I think I think it makes a big difference. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it can make a difference. Um, I do think that the road woes of the Saints have been a little overblown. Uh, we've been we've actually had a better record on the road than at home the past three years. Uh, but for Green Bay, of course, you want to stay in the Dome instead of going out there in the freezing cold of Green Bay. Um, but we, I definitely believe we can go out there and win. You mentioned their run defense. There's one thing that we can do in cold weather is run Kamara, run Latavius Murray. Um, so I do think we can go there and win. But, of course, we would rather play at home. But with them having the the lead now and uh, the front run on that position, with us playing against the Chiefs this weekend, it's going to be tough for us to get that spot. So I think that's something that, you know, we just have to get over and maybe have to put our head around going out there in the cold and, trying to win a game out there if we get lucky enough to get to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, man, you said it. Look, running and defense definitely plays a huge part, if not the major part, other than the line of scrimmage and quarterback in the playoffs. So uh, you got that right there. There's no doubt between Murray and Kamara. So uh, that's pretty set. A few more games to get to. The Bills took care of the Steelers pretty handily. I, I really hate those red jerseys. I don't know why they wear them. They look like pajamas. I, I can't stand them. Pajamas? But that's- <laughs> it's crazy but this again it leads to more questions about pittsburgh are they going to be able to run is their defense that good but again damian your boy with that quantum leap josh allen just taking care of business and winning that game against the steelers man yeah you know his second half performance is really good his first half was not um but that definitely shows you a maturity there and being able to make adjustments and not panic against that Steelers defense. And with Buffalo, man, they have everything there. You Stephon Diggs had 130 yards receiving, 10 catches. He does lead the league in receptions. So you have a dynamic receiver like that to go along with somebody who's dependable as Beasley. And your your running game is pretty good. It wasn't lights out against Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh has a very good run defense. Right. So when you have that total package of offense, you have a defense that's getting better and better. The Bills look like a true team that can be a contender. And with Pittsburgh, we mentioned the lack of running earlier this year. I remember saying that as concern after they beat the Cowboys, like they have to get this running game together, uh, and it has not. And now you have Ben Roethlisberger not being able to go down the field, so you saw Buffalo just sitting on those short routes the whole time, right. saying, "All right, we know that these slants, these curls, these five and ends are coming. Let's sit on these and make them throw over the top." And they couldn't do it. And defense just suffering injury after injury after injury at the same position, um, nonetheless, is really starting to hurt them. So Pittsburgh, I think, can be a team that is, you know, right there for the picking for one of those lower wildcard teams come playoff time. Yeah, we'll see. You know, their record's, what, 11-2 and right now or or whatever it is. But, yeah, they are uh, second in the AFC. 
And Nikki, yeah, with, uh, you know, the Bills and the Steelers, they're both going to the playoffs. Obviously, it's a matter of, you know, where they're seated and whatnot. But the one thing with the Bills they haven't had all year was a running game. They've been able to do this without a running game. And now it seems like Devin Singletary is coming along a little bit. If Zach Moss gets healthy, if they can add that into their repertoire and their offense, then they're going to be like, I don't want to say unbeatable, but extremely hard to beat. Yep. Getting it together at just the right time, aren't they? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. So the Bills are looking really good, and we were all high on them uh, at the beginning of the year, obviously, and why not? Josh Allen doing amazing, and so many other players. Uh, him and Diggs, really, what a, what a connection. All right, the Rams got their payback from the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, 24-3 to over the Patriots. Uh, I just have one question for you guys. Is Cam going to be a Patriot next year? Whoever wants to take it first, go for it. Because I don't think he is. I'll tell you right now, I don't see it. Yeah, I guess I'll go first on this one. I hope that he is. I hope he gets another chance. But even with the lack of weapons, you can't blame that on his performance. Uh, It seems like ever since he came back from COVID, he just has not been the same guy. Those first few weeks, that game against Seattle, it was on Sunday night, I believe was unbelievable. He was making some of the best throws that we've seen all year. Yeah. He contracted COVID and it was not the same guy. I understand that he doesn't have the best weapons. Edelman is his best receiver. He's, you know, getting older and has dealt with injuries. Uh, he's also, you know, he's found new guys there to throw to, but that in the defense, a lot of guys, you know, opted out of the season. So it's not the same Patriots team. But again, when you look at the game, you can't just blame it on the lack of weapons because he's missing throws, right? And he's, you know, missing reads. And that's something that, you know, can't be blamed on anybody else but the quarterback. So, unfortunately, I think Cam's time in New England may be over, but hopefully he gets another shot somewhere else. Yeah, and I think that he will. I think that he's proven that he's got the heart and he's got the will to learn and, and do what he's got to do. So, I, you know, I'm a Cam fan, Cam fan. And, Nikki, it's not all on Cam. It's really more on Belichick and his style of offense. And he's not used to coaching uh, a quarterback like Cam in his style. So he can't, you know, Josh McDaniels can't, you know, run the offense that he wants to, yada, 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 so on and so forth. So that's the reason why I don't think Cam is going to be there. And they're going to look elsewhere. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. You know, I, right now, you know, this could be Matthew Stafford. It could be Matt Ryan. I don't really know. Maybe the, he wants to go with one of those guys and and – ride it out for a couple of years but I don't think it's going to be Cam what do you think Nick no I don't think so either I mean I I hope it is but because I I like Cam I root for him I like him as a player I love watching him when he's on but you're right it just doesn't seem to be working um and I don't think New England is going to roll with that for (laughs) any length of time and listen it ain't Stidham either he wasn't very efficient so they got a lot of problems there yes it's talent yes it's this quarterback and um, it just, the marriage doesn't seem to be working out. So I think it's probably a wrap after the season. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. And, uh, it's not a wrap for your giants yet as we get into our games. And now we're going to start with yours, Nikki. I know this was a tough one. Uh, it was a bad beat 26 to seven from the Cardinals who jumped back into the playoffs. And again, we're going to get to that. Um, Jones, maybe he should have, you know, sat another week. I don't know. They only put up seven points against a weak Cardinals defense, And that's got to worry you if you're going to win this division, which Washington has a handle on now. So, Nikki, it's all yours. What what, what do you think? What's your take? Are they still in it? Um, Probably not. 
And I would just like to know who, what, why, and where did they put Daniel Jones out there last week? Like, you should have just rolled with Colt McCoy. He was coming off, riding high off, helping beat the Seahawks. So roll with that and let Jones rest for another week. Because guess what I just saw before we came on? He ain't playing on Sunday. You know why? Because he sprained his ankle in the second quarter. And oh, by the way, they left him in that game too. So what the hell are you doing? You had a chance to take... Um, a stronghold on the division you squandered it away by putting Jones in one week too early you just gave the division away and you just played yourself like I don't know what you were doing but now now look you got Colt McCoy Sunday night football against the Browns who are as hot as can be um you know I think that it's I think they made their bed last week and it's done yeah, that was really, really tough. Now that they, you know they're five and eight, they're one game behind Washington. They beat them twice, so if they happen to tie, then the Giants get it. But it's going to be a difficult road in order for the Giants to do that. Uh, Damian, at you know at five and eight in that division, they certainly can catch Washington. Now Alex Smith is out, so that's part of the equation. What do you think? Yeah, with Alex uh, Alex Smith out, they do have a chance because. You can't trust uh, Haskins to really protect the ball to win you games, even though that Washington defense is playing outstanding right now. Um, watching this game, I was just frustrated for Giants fans. It starts off with Daniel Jones getting hit, fumble, and Arizona returning almost to you know to a touchdown. And Arizona turns around and doesn't get in the end zone after getting the ball on first and goal. Uh, so it, both teams are flawed, right? And for the card, if I was a Cardinals fan, I wouldn't be impressed with this victory at all. And, you know, you're a team right now clinging on to a playoff spot. I wouldn't be comfortable saying that we're going to make the playoffs. I'd be comfortable saying, like, right now, if the season ended, they would play in New Orleans. I definitely wouldn't be comfortable in that game going against a New Orleans team, especially if they get Breeze back. So if I'm a Cardinals fan, I do not take this game and say, oh, yeah, we beat the Giants, you know, with Daniel Jones out there with his best weapon, his legs being gone. <laughs> so it's something that... Both teams kind of disappointed me in this one. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. And you make a really good point right there with that. Yeah, I saw uh, a decent amount of that game. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Really good point. Let's move on to the next one, which is my game, my 49ers, which, yes, I know we're done for the season, but hoping to still put up a fight. They tried against Washington where they saw Alex Smith, the former quarterback, but then, of course, they hurt him, not fault, just things happen. So Washington wins 23-15, take over first place in the NFC East. And their D-line is what it's all about, Damian. I mean, we know, again, from the 49ers last year, if you have a solid D-line and you only have to rush four and maybe blitz a fifth guy once in a while, and you got all those guys back there, you're going to have a really good defense and you're going to have turnovers and good things are going to happen for you. And that's what Washington is about right now. They're not going to score a lot of points, but on defense, that's the way that they're going to win. Yeah, no, that defense line is monstrous, man. Uh, Chase Young starting to come into his own. Um, his The bold prediction from uh, Nicky is going to be right about him being defensive player, rookie defensive player of the year. Yeah. And it's something that you see right away with his athleticism. Uh, sweat is starting to come into his own. That full defensive line is nasty, man. And offensively, that's like I said earlier, you're worried about Haskins at quarterback. Uh, he threw some bad balls when he came in for Smith. So you wonder if they'll be able just to run the ball and try to 
have their defense win old school football, try to just, you know, three, three yards of dust and try to go through there. But without Alex Smith, it's going to be tough, but it's the NFC East. So yeah, I, it's just, you just don't know. Yeah, Nikki, that's the one bright spot. I, I suppose you could look on right now as far as backup quarterbacks go. Let's see which one, you know, can take it. So, uh, yep, we'll see. We're going to go over all these games a little bit later, but let's get to the last game of our ranting recap. And again, if you heard Nikki with her giants, that's why we call it a ranting recap. She went <laughs> off. All right. But um, all right. So look, uh, Damien, the Eagles, you know, call it a flu, call it what you want. 24-21, they beat you guys. And it's funny that the Eagles drafted Hurts to be like t- the Taysom Hill type of player, and they face off against one one another. And, you know, if you want to say Hurts got the better of them or whatever it may be, but what did you see in that ball game that worried you? Or was it the fact that they haven't seen Jalen Hurts? I mean, it's not like they put up a ton of points, but something went wrong there where I, f- I thought the Saints, you know, would have had more control. So help me out here. Yeah, we definitely came out flat. Uh, that's the reason they went on that run in the second quarter where they went up by 17 points. And our defense has been a, an historically good run defense. It was their first time giving up a 100-yard rusher in 56 games. And they gave up two separate ones in this game in Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts. And the frustrating part for me is that Jalen Hurts played the perfect Taysom Hill game. Right. So he only threw for 167 yards, but ran for over 100 yards as well. Right. Taysom Hill is capable of doing that. I don't understand why we're trying to make Taysom Hill into a true quarterback. I Uh feel like both Sean Payton and Taysom Hill are trying to prove that he's a quarterback. And we've been able to skate by on that. But we have to be truthful about the Taysom Hill experience so far. So he's three and one. Right. Two of those wins have come against Atlanta. Yep. The other win came against Denver. The only reason he was the best quarterback in that game is because Denver's quarterbacks were all gone. (laughs) They were playing with the wide receiver at quarterback. (laughs) So in in that game, he he completely – he had less than 100 passing yards in that game. So literally the only reason he was the best quarterback is because the other team didn't have one. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of Saints fans have gotten mad at me for pointing this stuff out, saying, well, he's winning games. No, our number one ranked defense, well, they were number one before the Eagles game, was winning games, right? Yeah. I believe they're number two now. And when you have a top defense, that hides a lot of your offensive flaws. And with Taysom Hill, you see him holding on to the ball too long. Um, you see him sometimes not making the right reads. Get Alvin Kamara the ball. What are you doing? I know. <laughs> Alvin, Alvin Kamara is one of the best weapons in all of football. You're not getting the ball. You're treating them as a security blanket when nothing else is open. Like, oh, let me just talk to him now. Now you give it to him with no room to operate. Give him the ball in room, in space, so that he can do things. I, so for me, I understand that, you know, Jameis Winston is a turnover machine, right? Taysom Hill can't hold to the ball to save his life. So he's turning over the ball at the rate of Jameis without the upside of what Jameis could do is which gets the ball downfield. Jason hmm. Hill is very big, very strong, but doesn't have a strong arm per se. So on those deep balls, he's gotten lucky throwing to Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is very good at adjusting. He saw the one he caught against the Eagles. He caught with one hand because the cornerback uh, ran into him because the ball was on his throne. So with Taysom, he's proven that he could be a backup quarterback, but he's definitely not a quarterback of the future. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. 
Um, he is somebody who's a very good, he's a great athlete who can throw the ball. He's not a quarterback who happens to be a great athlete. Like Lamar Jackson is a quarterback who happens to be a great athlete. Taysom Hill is a great athlete who can also throw the ball. You can't be a quarterback that way. And we saw that when we got down 17-0, we needed our quarterback to come through for us. We saw what happened. Because in the second half, our defense was very solid in the second half. Made some great plays. The fumble we forced on Jalen Hurts was a great play. The fourth and one where they went for the quarterback sneak and just got stuffed. So yeah, our defense came through in the second half. They had a bad second quarter. But in the second half, you saw that number one ranked defense come out again. So now going into next week, which you'll get into, you have to be worried with Taysom Hill at QB. Yeah, and the, you know what? The biggest point that I took away from that is why change what the guy does best and, you know, trying to turn him into a, you know, a three-step, five-step, seven-step quarterback, that's not what he is. So let's be real about it. So I think that was the biggest point that makes sense. I don't know if Sean Payton's ego is that big in order to do something like that. Like I want to prove it, but yeah, if they would have stuck to the same game plan and keep the ball on the ground and, you know, keep the clock moving and whatnot, then yeah, they could have and should have won that game. But the NFL is funny that way sometimes, as we know. So that's what happened there. And, uh, yeah, so it looks like all of our teams lost. But obviously the New Orleans Saints are still in great shape. We still got a few games left over here. They can still take the number one spot. And uh, Drew Brees will be coming back. And when he does, they'll be full go, full throw, and yeah, everything back in order with the way the offense is supposed to be run, no doubt. All right, before we get to commercial break, I wanted to look at the playoff picture with you guys. We were alluding to it, you know, as we've been going through these games and whatnot. So just very quickly, um, Nikki and I went over it last week, but it has changed a bit. Like I said, Arizona jumped in that seventh spot. Green Bay is one. New Orleans is two. They both clinched. The Rams are three. Washington right now is four. Seattle at five. Tampa at six after that win over Minnesota. And Arizona jumps in at seven with their win and Minnesota's loss. So now you got, guys... Minnesota, Chicago are both six and seven. The rest of the teams that are quote unquote on the bubble are five and eight, like Detroit, San Fran. Uh, the Giants are going for the division, so we're not going to count that. So between Minnesota and Chicago, all right, uh, next week, Arizona's got Philly. So with Jalen Hurts, I don't know. That's a toss up. Tampa Bay's playing Atlanta. I would probably take Tampa in that one. And Seattle plays Washington, which is interesting. We're not going to know what happens there. So with the way that Minnesota played last week and the way that Chicago played last week, Nikki, do you see either one of those teams jumping any of the teams that are currently in? Um, no, I don't think so. Not at the moment. I don't think I, I listen. I don't have a lot of faith in Chicago. Like D said, there's always like, they had that one game and you know, everybody wants to be like, Oh my God. And Trubisky looks amazing. Like I don't really have any faith in them. I think we've all called them pretenders for a while now. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, maybe, maybe, but at, right now, no, I think it would just stay where it's at. Yeah. Uh, you just might be right. I don't know. Damien, do you uh, concur or do you defer? It will be tough for Chicago or Minnesota to jump Arizona, but it's very possible with Minnesota and Chicago playing this weekend, they have kind of a loser goes home matchup there. Right, uh, right. Whoever, whoever loses that one would definitely, you know, be out of the playoff picture. And you mentioned Arizona going against Philly. That's a tough game. 
So they have a chance. Whoever wins that game between Chicago and Minnesota definitely has a chance. I don't know who has a tiebreaker um, between those three teams in Chicago, Minnesota, and Arizona. But they do have a chance to catch Arizona. I don't believe in Arizona. Like I said, I was not impressed with their win over the Giants at all. And I don't like Kingsbury's uh, his decision-making at all. So I could definitely see them losing a game, maybe two here in these last three, and not going through with what looked like a definite playoff team earlier this year. Yeah, man. Look, we're going to get the best, whatever the best is, of Minnesota and Chicago this weekend. So whichever team wins, you're right, is going to be the only one left basically in the hunt. And I'm not confident enough in Arizona to say, oh, yeah, they're going to stick there. You know, they're seven and six now. They'll end up with 10 wins. No, I'm I'm certainly not sure about that because they got their problems on defense and sometimes on offense as well. So it won't shock me if the winner of Chicago, Minnesota gets a little hot and maybe jumps in that seven spot. But I think that Tampa at eight and five and Seattle at nine and four are pretty secure. And then you got the NFC East, obviously. But let's look at the AFC now real quick, guys, before we go to commercial over here. We got Kansas City at number one now. Um, Pittsburgh lost two in a row. So they're at number two, but they are both uh, have clinched the playoffs. Buffalo at number three, maybe the most dangerous team, quite possibly. Tennessee's uh, got the four hole right now, even though they have the same record as Indianapolis, percentage points at nine and four. Cleveland, yep, I told you, nine and four. There they are. I certainly expect them to stay in the playoffs. And Miami at eight and five. Okay. So Baltimore's also at eight and five. But by percentage points, again, how they work it out, Miami's got it over Baltimore right now. Vegas, like I said, I think worked themselves out of it at seven and six. Mathematically, they're certainly still in it. Uh, Miami plays New England next week, and we're going to go through our picks, but that's going to be a tough game. Indianapolis has got Houston. Again, I think that they should take care of them in their own home stadium. Uh, and Cleveland's got the Giants. You know, no offense, Nikki. So I think they get their 10th win over there. So we're really talking about Miami at eight and five, Baltimore at eight and five, and maybe a sneaky Vegas team. Guys, in my opinion, Damian, I'm going to kick it to you. I think Baltimore finds their way in. If, I, if I'm not, if, tell me if I'm uh, if I'm wrong. Did you pick Miami to make the playoffs this year, Damian? No, I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I thought that they would be pretty good. I think I okay. said they would go like eight and eight. Okay. Was it you, Nikki? I thought one of us, I thought one of you guys picked Miami to make the playoffs and uh, well, whatever, either way, uh, if, if one of you did good call, uh, whether or not they make it, cause they're eight and five and Baltimore's eight and five. So Damien, um, you know, the schedule's coming up. I, I just think that Baltimore is going to somehow take this one. I think they got Cincinnati left in their schedule. Miami's got a couple of, a couple of tough games. I think that's the only one I might switch them out uh, at the end of the season. What do you think? And with Miami, it's tough that, you know, in a season where there's seven playoff teams, there won't be enough playoff spots for the AFC to have all of their playoff quality teams get in. I do believe Miami is a playoff quality team, um, but I do see them getting on the outside looking in at Baltimore, even though uh, it won't be easy for Baltimore to get in with Miami having the tiebreaker right now, the better conference record. Right, right, definitely. Exactly. So with, again, three games to go, you know, we'll see what happens. They don't go head to head. Otherwise that would be a beautiful thing. That'd be wonderful. But Nikki Miami holding down the seventh spot right now, Baltimore, maybe they got some confidence back with that Monday night football win. What do you think? Well, Baltimore has Jacksonville next week. So I think we could easily see a Baltimore win, a Miami win. Um, 
I I have a feeling New England's not going to let that happen, though. But, uh, yeah, I could definitely see Baltimore jumping in there for sure. Yeah, I can see that. And, look, that would be three teams out of the AFC North. That would be Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and the Cleveland Browns. And that's certainly possible right now. I love Miami. You know, it would be great if Tua can make it in the playoffs in his first season. I do like him as a quarterback. We're going to keep talking about him more as – the year goes on and whatnot with all these rookie quarterbacks. So yeah, there's your playoff picture right now. There's not too many teams left in it with, you know, again, three games to go. Um, But uh, you know, there you go. There's what it is. We'll see what happens, but we know who stands up top and we know who's not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We're only taking a 60 second break and we're coming back with Mount player player, our top four coaches in the league right now. We each got our top four. We're going to do a little more or less, which is like over under. We got knowledge with Nikki, our freaky fantasy football draft. It's all going to be awesome. 60 second commercial break. Hang in there. We'll be right back. One. Listen up, y'all, because this is it. The beat that I'm banging is delicious. Burgalicious definition, make them boys go loco. They want my treasures, so they get their pledges from my folks. So you can see me, you can't squeeze me. I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I tease them. Boys just come and go like seasons. Burgalicious. But I ain't promiscuous. And if you were suspicious, all that shit is fictitious. I blow kisses. All right, we are live. We're back in action over here. Third and three podcast, kicking your ass. NFL football all over the place with more fun, more tricks. You never know because Tricky Nikki G's in the house. The real deal, Damian Adams back with us. Thank goodness. The married man is here. All right, the newlywed. I love it. I love it. I love it. We should have done like weddings for Mount Player Player, but you know what? We're doing Mount Player Player. Top four coaches in the NFL right now. And it wasn't as easy as I thought. Had to go through a few, but we're going to give our one through four. But we're going to start with four like we always do because we are backwards. We do like Hebrew writing. We go from right to left. We do everything opposite. So let's get to number four right now. Damien, would you do the honors, please? Yes. So for my number four of our top coach of the year candidates, I'm going with somebody who you may think being the opposite direction, but I think it's brilliant what he's done this year. I'm going with Adam Gase. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay I didn't expect that. <laughs> so when you think about this, okay, the Jets weren't going to be good this year, right? I don't think they'll be good no matter who coached them. So you <laughs> needed the worst coach possible so that you can get the best pick possible. Adam Gase has done his job. <laughs> He's done his job to make sure that they get Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully Trevor Lawrence doesn't pull a Peyton Manning and go back to school or Eli Manning and try to get traded to another team. Right, right. He is. <laughs> if he pulls it, that would be hysterical. I know that Nick get some good entertainment on her commutes listening to New York radio. That's- oh, yes. <laughs> Love but it. when you look at this, how did they lose that game against the Raiders? You know, I know that Greg Williams got fired, but you got to look at the head coach, right? He's probably like, told Greg, hey, Greg, do what you do. Send the zero blitz and our, <laughs> undraft, our undrafted corner one-on-one Henry Riggs, Henry Riggs the third, Henry Ruggs the third, excuse me, the fast, one of the fastest guys in the league. Go ahead and do that. 
This guy has done his job. And I think that his brilliance is being not appreciated enough. So Adam Gates is number four for me. Wow. I <laughs> wow. That who I can't no, none of us can follow that up, Jay. I'm sorry. I know. I, I, right there. For real. <laughs> I, I mean, we might as well just cancel the rest of the segment. Yeah, right might as well. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Did not see you coming and it makes perfect freaking sense. I absolutely love it. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right. Number four, Adam Gates. Look, you got you got a reward somehow from us. Third and free podcast game. There you go. Oh my gosh. All right, Nikki, you're number four. Right. So when I was doing my, my coaching ranking, I kind of, I need to redeem myself. Cause as we know, I um, said that Mike McCarthy would be coach of the year and I'm deeply embarrassed <laughs> for that. And I expect more out of myself. So I, I did mine in like, I would make a case for somebody to maybe be considered for coach of the year. So, and I say that because my number four, we just trashed the Raiders, but I have John Gruden. Um, and okay. I, I mean it in the sense of like, let's look at where they were like two years ago. I know he got that crazy 10 year deal and, and like what millions and millions over a decade. I know it's crazy, but I think all in all from where they were when he first came on to where they are now, I think I'm not going to, I can't do quantum leap any justice. So I'm not going to do it, but <laughs> um, a long way under him. Um, and imagine if he beat the uh, the Chiefs twice. That would be a big conversation. But look, he's made Derek Carr look like an MVP. Got him an O-line, which gives him a clean pocket to throw in. Got Josh Jacobs running all over opponents. I know last week wasn't the greatest, but I really think this team needs the right defense, and then the pieces will start falling into place. So I give them maybe another one to two years out, maybe not even as long as two years, but like I said, from where the Raiders were to where they are now, I think he should be in some type of conversation or consideration. I think it's a fair point because I'll be honest, I expected nothing out of the Raiders this year. I think I may have given him five or six wins at the most, Damian. So she does make a compelling point there. Yeah, no, definitely makes a compelling point. For me, it would just be that I'm so disappointed in him now. That's why I didn't think about him. Because after the win against the Chiefs, I'm like, okay, this team is going to be one of these teams in the playoffs. And now they're not going to be there. It just kind of, you know, deflates the balloon on the John Gruden argument. But I can see where she's coming from. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. And again, we're talking about coaches this year, not all time. You know, otherwise there'd be different names in there, but maybe not. All right, I'm going to give my number four right now. And I'm sorry, guys, I have to do a tie. I don't mean to cop out, but I couldn't go between one or the other after just looking at these coaches and studying Mike Tomlin is one of them at number four because he is just one of the greatest and had these guys undefeated for a while. The only problem with the have is the last couple of games. I don't know if it's him or the players, but that's another story. So I got Tomlin and Kevin Stefanski at number four and Stefanski at four specifically because he turned the, uh, the Browns franchise around overnight. Basically they're running, they're playing well, decent defense. Baker's getting better. So for a guy who's taken the trash of the NFL basically over the past, I don't know, 20 years or so, and has made them not just a playoff team, but a team who's going to win double digits this year and who is for real now, and we know that, yeah, great job, Kevin Stefanski. You, number four, you could have been even higher on my list, and you're tied with Mike Tomlin just because, again, of the amazing things that he does and having 
Pittsburgh having to deal with all the crap they've done this year uh, with, with COVID and having to move around and how he managed all that. He deserves to be in there also. So I'm sorry for the tie in number four, but Stefanski and uh, Mike Tomlin will be my number four. I promise the rest of them are just one guy, Nikki. So your next one, number three. Oh, okay. Uh, my number three, again, I'm doing this criteria to try to redeem myself a little bit here. Um, Sean Payton, of course. Um, and I just feel like he has to be on any coaching list we talk about. Yeah. Um, but the Saints are always in contention. And D, I'm jealous because I don't know what that feels like. Um, <laughs> he does a fan freaking tastic every single year. But I feel like especially this year, right? So the Saints were looking at that those first couple games and it's like, damn, I don't know, kind of looking like they might be done. Is Drew Brees done? Well, no, but all in Sean Payton, we trust, never lose faith in them. He seemed to turn this team around with Brees and even more so without Brees. I think he's done, last week aside, a fantastic job with Taysom Hill and getting the game plan done and getting his team in position, pumped up, ready to go, ready to win. And he does it every single year. So, you know what? I think we should have trusted in him. He went with Hill over Winston for a reason. He knows what he's doing and he's doing it without Drew Brees. Hey, I, I got nothing to add on to that. That That's as well said as you can put it for even a non-Saints fan, Damien. I know you got to like that. Yeah, no, uh, Sean Payton is definitely somebody who should be in that coach of the year conversation each year. Um, she mentioned how now he is eight and one without Breeze over the last two years. And that just shows you what he's doing at the coaching position to have his team ready. And also he's adjusted his style throughout the years as well to go from a team that was all offense to a team now that depends a lot on the defense. And that's something that shows coaching as well, being able to adjust throughout the years. So I definitely like that pick of Sean Payton. Absolutely. No doubt all about it. All right. That's her number three. Damien, your number three. My number three, I'm going to go with your guy, Kyle Shanahan. All right. Uh, nice. Yeah. I think that the fact that they've been competitive this year and been a team that was someone who almost knocked on the door of the playoffs with all the injuries that the 49ers have gone through just shows you the coaching staff is doing a great job. And of course you got to go to the head of that coaching staff and Shanahan uh, their offense has been able to be productive, even with their quarterback being out most of the year. Uh, maybe the best tight end in the league being out most of the year. You know, missing defensively, missing their best players, uh, defensive end and Nick Bosa and cornerbacks and Richard Sherman for most of the year. Just everybody. <laughs> They've had injuries on every level of that team yep. and have still been able to compete. Uh, even when they played against the Saints, they took a 10 0 lead and we had to come back and they. They just know how to play, and you have to give credit to Kyle Shanahan for that. Absolutely. Attribute that and attribute the fact that he gets them ready to play and they want to play and they play their butts off. You know, again, even when we got second stringers out there trying to make a name for themselves. And, yeah, we may lose the game, but at least we're going after it and we're trying. George Kittle's coming back. I don't know. If I were him, I would just take the rest of the year off. I don't know why to come back, but he loves football, so he's going to play no more Debo, no more playoffs, but – I, Kyle Shanahan, definitely, man, I'm with you. He totally deserves to be on this list for what he's done, no doubt about it, and even going back to last year. My number three, I don't, maybe this will surprise you, and it's what I thought was going to be a lot of friction earlier in the year. I'm going with Matt LaFleur at number three. I, I am 
overly surprised how well this is working out with him and Aaron Rodgers. They seem to share the same brain now as opposed to last year where things were in flux a little bit. But LaFleur has done an unbelievable job at this offense, making it extremely comfortable for Aaron Rodgers. You know, he doesn't have as much to do with the defense, but when a younger guy comes in who's four foot six and he's the controller of, of your football team, it's really hard to follow a guy like that sometimes who doesn't have the credentials necessarily, but he got his team to believe in his scheme. And now look where they are. They're the number one seed in the NFC. They went to the NFC championship game last year. This man is no fluke. He is an absolute head coach and he should absolutely get uh, votes for coach of the year this year, guys, Nikki, am I crazy? Or do you think that he deserves some recognition? Um, no, you're not crazy at all. He absolutely deserves recognition. You know what I find so funny? I just always expect Green Bay to be good. You know what I mean? So I don't even think about it. Like It yeah. never occurs to me. Like I just always expect greatness. And that speaks a lot to the coaching. So yeah, I like that. Well, and, and Damien, as you know, the last couple of years with McCarthy, they didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers healthy now. Yes, that helps out a lot. But Matt LaFleur, you know, what do you think? Yeah, uh, it definitely um, makes it look good when you mention McCarthy's name next to it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my, um, he's done a good job. You mentioned that offense is flowing, looks unstoppable. The defense is not bad. So that's what you you need, one side of the ball to be good, while the other side is at least average, usually for a Super Bowl contending team. And when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have a decent defense, you know that you'll be a Super Bowl contender. But that offense looking that way, it's all on Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers gelling together. And that's something that um, right. was a big part of coaching that doesn't get mentioned up is relationships. And I yep. think that the fact that he's able to have a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers, who has been known not to be the easiest guy to get along with. Yes. So, yeah, to have that good relationship is definitely a very good part of it. So I definitely agree with that pick. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has been smiling all year long. So, uh, yeah, work things are working out in Green Bay. So Matt LaFleur is my number three. Now we're going to get to our number twos. Nikki. What do you got for two? I'm interested in this one. I got your your tie, one of your ties for four. I got Mike Tomlin for number All two. All right, that a girl. Yeah. Um. Look, he's always been a good coach, right? Ever since he took over the Steelers in 07. Um, and I feel like he proved that even more last year. Let's not forget last year, they were eight and eight and quarterback by Duck Hodges. Okay, who, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? He was still able to get them, you know, a decent year there. And while we're all sitting here um, handing the division to the Ravens at first in the beginning of the year, Jay, and I went with Cleveland. Look, Mike Tomlin quietly leading this team, perfect 10-0 through the first 11 weeks. Um, and Steelers are almost always talented. Um, and they always have a pretty damn good team, not to mention they're, all, again, always in contention. Um, and what they've done in the regular season, he's just done a hell of a job each year in and out, always a hell of a job. Well, you know, I agree with that, Damien. So I, I nothing to add on Mike Tomlin, again, one of my favorite coaches, and he's doing it again this year. I mean, look what he did last year. And now just Big Ben comes back, which is the only change. And they're rocking and rolling. Yeah, no, he's definitely a very good coach. And he's one of the reasons that people still have belief in Pittsburgh is that, OK, if there's any coach who could turn it around. When you go 11-0 and, and then lose two straight and you have injuries, it's Mike Tomlin. So that's one of the reasons that we all agree on him being a coach of the year candidate and one of the best coaches of the past decade. 
Yeah, no question. That guy is, look, Pittsburgh is known to hold on to their coaches for a long time. You know, they had uh, uh, Chuck Knoll forever. Then they had um, uh, what's Bill, Cower. Bill Cower. Thank you. And Mike Tomlin's going to be there for another 10 years easily. So, uh, and there's no reason for him to go anywhere. So no doubt on that one. All right. Number two, Damian. For my number two, I went to the Buffalo Bill, Sean McDermott. Okay. He's done a great job this year. And when you look at coaches, I love seeing player development. And with the player development, you know that this year we saw the quantum leap. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Intense. <laughs> we saw that with Josh Allen. And you have to give that some of that credit to the coaching. When you have development happening, Josh Allen becoming a more accurate quarterback, making better decisions. That comes down to coaching. Now, of course, you have your quarterback's coach, office coordinator, but the head coach sets the tone on down for those guys to improve. And Sean McDermott has that team looking like a true Super Bowl contender this year, so I had to give him some love at number two. I know that. I'm a huge fan of Sean McDermott. Um, I may not have had him in my list, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve to be on a list for sure. So, yeah, what he's doing this year has been an improvement from last year, and that's saying a lot because they were good last year too. So I like that pick a lot. My number two is one that's been said before already. Nikki, you uh, you had it at, I think, three. I forgot. But Sean Payton, there's no question. He's my number two. And he can even be higher at number one. But you, you really said it all. There's nothing left for me to add. But, again, the fact that he's been a chameleon after Drew Brees went down and had to go to Taysom Hill, make that decision. We all thought it was going to be Winston. And it really worked out up until last week. It was only a field goal game, so let's not go crazy over here. The Saints still got a great defense and whatnot. But Sean Payton is able to draw up these plays and get guys free, and he's got weapons, and he knows how to use them. And, again, everybody listens to him. He's in complete command. He is the younger version and the smaller version of Bill Parcells. You don't screw with him. You listen to him. He's in charge, and it works out every single year. I know they have their kerfuffles in the uh, in the playoffs, but other than that, he's he's one of the guys, one of the very few that absolutely has his team completely in line. So he's my number two, no question about it. We've all talked about it. So let's get to our number one. Damien, you give us your number one. For my number one, I'm going with Kevin Stefanski. Uh, wow, okay. Yeah. yeah, what you you think about the Browns, you get extra points when the Browns are good just because of their history. You know, it's just just like if an NBA coach, you know, is good with, like, say, the Washington Wizards or some team that's just constantly at the bottom. If somebody's ever good with the Lions, that guy's going to get coach of the year, you know. It's something about winning with a team that's just perpetually at the bottom. And when you look at the way the Browns are doing it, Baker Mayfield looking so much better, uh, that running game, the way they play physically. Like, when a team is able to dominate you physically in the way that the Browns are able to, that comes down to their mentality. Where you get the mentality from? The head coach. And when you have a team that looks like now they could make some noise in the playoffs, that mentality is from the coach. You change the entire culture, right? When you think about the Browns and teams like that have been losing for years upon years upon years, it takes a truly special coach to come in there and change that and get into a winning culture, especially the first year. Usually may take a few years to get there and you'll see like potential here and there, but he's got to turn around that first year. Um, it really showed you how bad Freddie Kitchens was, but, yeah. it's something, <laughs> yeah. but it's something that you have to give uh, Stefanski credit for. So he will be my leader for coach of the year. 
All right. All right. Yeah. Like, you know, I had him number four and I thought about putting him higher, you know, but there's other coaches or whatever, but I have no problem. You put him, like you said, turn the entire franchise around. What more can you say? And they're going to the playoffs. And again, they can make some noise. So I, I, I love it. I love it. I love that you put him in number one. That's awesome. Nikki, who was your four again? I just, I, I wanted to write it down. Oh, John Gruden. Gruden. Okay. That's right. All right. All right. So let's get to your number one. My one is Brian Flores. Okay, nice. Good one. Um, so if you think about like what a disaster the Dolphins were when he took over, like yeah. getting destroyed, they basically traded away all of their good players. Um, but despite all that, look where we are today. He seems to have gotten the Dolphins, look, five wins. This defense is nasty. They are rolling. They are motivated. I know they're kind of just sitting right outside of the playoffs, but, you know, two years in, I think it's safe to say that this year, Brian Flores has exceeded expectations and turned around a team that really doesn't have a ton of talent. And you know what? Sure. Is it easy to win with a bunch of superstars? Yeah, but it's hard to win when you don't have a ton of talent um, and a bunch of people that are just kind of thrown together. You trade all your talent away. And I think he's doing great things in Miami. So he definitely deserves to be in the conversation. Uh, yeah, but the Dolphins last year and all the tanking for two and everything, he wasn't here in any of that. You know, even though they didn't win a game until maybe the seventh or eighth week or whatever it was, they ended up winning five games last year. Look where they are now. So I think that's a great number one. I have no problem with that. He very well could win Coach of the Year award. And I got to say, as we're going through this, I'm finding it very hard to find a solid Coach of the Year award. A lot of these guys really have a chance. So I don't know, maybe it will be Stefanski at one. I don't know, maybe Flores at one. But I know this guy, my number one, is not going to win it. But he really, really deserves to. And he, again, still sometimes doesn't even get the credit he deserves. It's Bill freaking Belichick. I know they're six and seven, but look what happened. Half the team decided not to show up. He signs Cam Newton 15 minutes before the first game. And, and and changes the entire offense with Josh McDaniels. They have to go over this scheme, that scheme. Are we going to play man now? Or are we going to play zone? We're talking about the defense. How are we going to run our offense? We can't take three five-step drops and get rid of the ball. I mean, yeah, you could do that once in a while, but Cam Newton's not as accurate as Tom Brady was over there. They had to change everything, and it was at the last second and with half of their team gone. And they have no players they have, I don't, I don't mean to say that because if you're in the NFL, you're great by standard. But relatively speaking, they don't have anybody. There's not even Julian Edelman there right now. No one's there. They're six and seven. It's a miracle they won six games. They could have been seven and six if Cam didn't fumble that ball against the Bills. What Bill Belichick is doing this year when Tom Brady left and having to redo everything without half of his team This is a phenomenal job by Bill Belichick. He will not win the award, and I understand that, but he freaking should, in my opinion, because what he's done, again, guys, I don't want to keep being repetitive. It's amazing, and I don't think any other coach can possibly come close to doing what he's doing with the group players that he has, Damien. No, that's a very good call on Bill Belichick. And like you said, they very well could be 7-6 and right now. Uh, if they have that last play against Seattle, go in. That's another you know, one. Yeah, go. so, yeah, you're looking at a team that could very well be in the playoff hunt, you know, a couple of plays here, a couple of plays there. And if they were, he would definitely be in a conversation for 
getting coach of the year. So I definitely like that pick right there. You make a very good argument. Well, thank you. I, I mean, yeah, if they, if they won those two games, I think that he would be running away with the award right now. I mean, literally. I mean, you know, that's the last one. That's my number one, Bill Belichick. Nikki, with what I said, does that make sense to you where he would deserve accolades this year? Um, yeah, it does. Because at first when you said it, I'm like, she's freaking crazy. What the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but as you explained it and um, yeah, I really can see where you're coming from. And I, he didn't even cross my mind, but I'm glad you brought it up because it made me think. So I like that. All right. All right. Well, hey, that's what we like to do. We like to make each other think on this show. And, uh, you know, Nikki's going to be making us think very, very hard when we get to knowledge with Nikki in a few minutes. But we're going to do a little more or less right now. Let's have a little fun over here. And we've been having fun the whole time. I freaking love this show. This is great hanging with you guys. Third and three podcasts. Again, big shout out to the sports column and Anchor Radio for hooking everything up. We love doing the show. And we love that you guys are listening and sending questions. You know, again, we'll give out our Twitter handles at the end and all that. Uh, we love interaction. So keep it going. All right, let's get some interaction over here. More or less, Nikki, we're going to go to you first. In week 15, more or less, Derrick Henry is going up against Detroit. Titans versus Detroit. Derrick Henry, 150 rushing yards. More or less? Uh, more. More, very easily. Mr. December, he's on fire. I, I'm riding all the way with uh, Derrick Henry. Okay, D- Damien, what do you think? I'm going to go more as well. I do think that they will try to get that 2,000 yards for him. Y- you know what? Yeah, that's what they're looking at. That, I guess that would be the first franchise in history who has two 2,000-yard running backs when you talk about CJ2K. That'd be pretty interesting. Wow. Okay. All right, so you both go over. 150 yards is a lot of yards, no matter who you're looking at and who you're playing, but – Mr. December, as Nikki said, here's the next one. The Rams play the poor old Jets this weekend. So my question to you is, more or less, will the Rams score 35 points? Damien? I'm actually go less. I'm going to go less. I think they win so easily that they take their foot off the gas and maybe get 28, you know. <laughs> Quite possible. Quite possible. <laughs> You know, maybe rest their guys at the end because the Jets don't have any points and Aaron Donald's got 84 sacks. You never know. <laughs> uh, let's see. 35 points, Nikki. Do you think the Rams have more or less? Uh, I'm going to go less because it's funny you say that. Uh, in my picks, I have my final score, 34-16. So I get a roll with myself. How <laughs> <laughs> about that? I love it. It all ties in together. Yeah. All right. Last one for more or less before we get to knowledge with Nikki, the greatest segment ever created. Jalen Hurts, total yards from scrimmage, all right, 300 yards. Now, that's total yards, so again, rushing, the whole deal. They're playing the Cardinals in Arizona this weekend. So, between passing and rushing, yards from scrimmage, Nikki, Jalen Hurts, 300. Um, I'm going to go lit a little bit less. I think Arizona is feeling themselves, even though they probably shouldn't be. But uh, I'm going to go a little less there. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And D, what do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go a little less just because they'll be on a lookout for the scrambles and the read options. So I think he'll have to do more passing the ball. And I can see him getting maybe 200 passing yards and maybe like 50 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe he'll get 250 passing yards and 51 rushing yards. Who knows? You never know what can happen. They are, they are playing Arizona. So uh, it could be tricky over there. And, oh, boy, do I love tricky. Oh, my goodness. Let's hear it. This is my recital. 
I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right, on time. Let's get it going. It's Tricky Nikki time. Knowledge with Nikki. You know how we do it. Let's get it rolling. Who the hell knows what she's got coming up with this week? But Damien, I was by myself for two weeks, so you deserve some punishment. Nikki, I hope you got it. <laughs> well, you guys, I got one of your favorites. Since we are talking about coaches, we're going to do Coach of the Year Trivia. So I'm going to give you the year, like we do, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. You tell me the coach. If you need the team, I will give it to you. If we end in a tie, I got three tiebreakers. Okay. I'm excited. Damien, you're going first, man. I've been going. going (laughs) That totally makes sense. And before we start, man, we have to give a round of applause for that transition from topic to topic from Jason there. That was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> thank you i appreciate that was very that. good that was very good jay that's thank you. big box on here right oh <laughs> <laughs> working on my segues guys i'm trying <laughs> i love it all right let's get the music cranking for a second over here as you know what time it is tricky nikki here we go <laughs> all right nikki you're up and damien i should say you're up let's get this Damien's up. okay d who won Coach of the Year in 1965? Vince Lombardi. No. Okay. In the 60s year, I was going to guess Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's a good plan. <laughs> Not a bad guess at all. Um, I'll go Paul Brown. George Hallis. Mm, Chicago Ooh. Bears. Okay. Yep. Good one. Okay. All right, D. Could you give me 1979? 1979. 1979. I'm going to go with Tom Landry. No. Oh, boy. 79. Um, oh, geez. I'm trying to think who the coach of the team was. But that's not fair. Uh, I'll ask you after. All right, I'll just make my guess. Um, was it Dick Vermeil? No, Jack. Is it the Party. coach of the Rams? No, Jack Party. Reds. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I would have had it wrong anyway. All right. All right, D. Moving on to the eighties. Can you give me nineteen eighty nine? I think I know the team. But I can't remember the coach's name. Can I ask for like the coach of a certain team? I don't know if you know it, but um, I think I know who you're thinking of. Like, I want to say the Bengals coach that year. I can't remember who the Bengals coach was. No, it was not. Nope. Oh, okay. You were, th- you were thinking of Sam Weish. Oh, okay. All right, 1989. I'm gonna go. It couldn't have been him. How about um? How about Marv Levy? Uh, no, Lindy Infante, Green Bay. Green Bay, right. Oh, okay. that's a good one. Yeah, that was a tough one. I wouldn't have got that. That was a tough one. Good questions so far, Nikki. All right, keep it rocking. Keep it rocking. All right, D, 1995. 1995. I'm going to go with 
Was it George Seifert? No. Was it Bill Cower? No, Ray Rhodes, oh. Eagles. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. Wow. <laughs> questions, Nikki. No. <laughs> This is great. You can't great go question. too easy on you guys. You're too smart for that. But D, I, I feel good. I think you're going to get this one. 2013. Oh, 2013? Hmm. Um, trying to think back to that year, 2013. I'm going to go with 2013. Tough one. Yeah. I'm going to go with, man, I'm trying to think back to that amazing seven years ago. It feels like so long ago now in my head. I know, right? <laughs> this is a tough one. I got a couple. Yeah. Uh, so 2013, I'm going to go with, uh, let's, I mean, Mike Tomlin. No. I got two guys in mind right now, so I'll I'll just go with the first. Was it Pete Carroll? Ron Rivera. Son of a gun. Oh. I thought that was the year after in 2014. Shoot. Oh boy. All oh, right. Man. All right. Go All right, D. Maybe you steal from Jay. Okay. That's what you get. No more. Out. So she get for taking two weeks off. Narrow list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jay. Would you give me 1960? Uh, sure, no problem. Uh, let's see. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, 1960. Oh, God, I'm going to smack myself. It was the guy that I just said before. I'm... I'm Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm just going to say it. Paul Brown. No. Damn it. Do you want to try? Vince Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> no, Buckshaw, Eagles. Oh, forget. Oh. I, you know what? I was thinking Eagles, but I had no idea who the head coach was. I had no clue. No clue. Okay. Um, all right. 1974. 1974. Okay. Uh, Tom Landry? Uh, no. Son of Do you a want a shot? Uh, I'm blanking. Yeah. Uh, Don Croyle, St. Louis Cardinals. Mm. Mm. Nope, I would have been out on that one. That's for sure. All right, All right. Jay, here we go. 80s. Rocking 19, <laughs> 1987. All right, come on, Jay. 87. Let's do it. Let's get this one. Let's do this. Come on. Fuck. Yes. One is. All right. Okay. Um, was it Joe Gibbs? No. Man. That was a very good guess. Damn it. Uh, um, I'm gonna go with uh, who 
Jason, you would notice. Who was the Broncos head coach who was l- later on the Atlanta head coach? Oh, Dan Reeves. Dan Reeves. No, Jim uh, Mora, Saints. Really? Oh, wow. Yes, yes. I thought they were still the Aints back then, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, we had a really good, that's the Dawn Patrol years. Oh, that's right, right, right. Yeah. I remember, that's right. Okay, all right. Okay. Maybe, here we let's, go. Let's go. 1991. 1991. Okay. Is that too easy? Am I overthinking? Wayne Fonts. Yes! Woo-hoo! Yay! Zing, zing, zing. Yeah, yeah boy! <laughs> I'm just glad we got one. I'm so glad we got one. Thank God. All right. (laughs) Okay. All right. So let's roll into the 2000s. Could you give me 2008? Probably not, but I'll give him my best shot. 2008. Okay. So he went down that year. And 2008. Okay. <clears throat> was it Jim Caldwell? It was not. Mm. D, you want to try and steal the last one? Give it a tie? Yeah, uh, I think I know the team. I'm, I'm so bad at remembering the coaches of certain teams at the time. I want to go with Miami with that Wildcat that year. Um, oh. But who was their coach that year? Was it, was it still Dave Wanstad? Is he right, Nick? No. Uh, Shoot, who was, that was it? a good guess, though. Mike that was Smith. Who was it? Mike Smith, Atlanta. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a good question. That was tough. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. All right. One out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Now, the coach of the year ones are hard because I'm like, when it comes to coaches, like I said, I could think of the team. I just can't remember the coaches. Those are tough. The, yeah, the years are definitely tough. There's no doubt about it. Wow. Uh, that That's it. Hey, listen, bravo to you always. Knowledge with Nikki. That was good. And I love the topic. I do. It's hard to get those years in there. Wonderful job. Excellent all around. It was tough. But, hey, we knew the coaches' names, at least. We brought them out there. We got Vince Lombardi and Paul Brown in this. <laughs> and that's a great strategy, though, guys. <laughs> no matter what, that's what you're tossing out. You're going to be right. Well, I thought that'd be too easy. You guys are very intelligent. Wow, no. We lo- got to challenge you. We like the challenge. Trust me, we do. And more yeah, challenges coming up as we're doing our freaky fantasy football draft in about 30 seconds. So quick commercial break and third and three is right back with you. One. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Right about now. Right about now, the funk show brother, check it out. 
Yeah, check it out now. Funk Soul Brother back on the 33 podcast. You know where it's at. Nikki, Damian, Jason in the house taking you NFL week 15. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're already here making it through COVID and everything. Guys, we're having a wonderful time on the show. Excellent laughs, football fun, all that for you. Damian, Nikki, and Jason, third and three podcasts. Again, thanks to the sports column. Shout out to Courtney Harden, no doubt about it. And of course, Anchor Radio, we appreciate it. We just got done with knowledge with Nikki, and she got the better of us again, as always. So we're ready to get a little freaky now, get into the freaky fantasy football draft. And last week, Sir Damien Adams was not here, so it was just head-to-head with uh, me and Nikki, and it got really, I guess, tricky, if you want to say, Nikki. Oh, my God. I I just edged you out by two points. Oh, damn you. Only two. I mean, uh, the Saints, unfortunately, defense didn't give you a lot. You did good with Rivers, Chris Carson, Keenan Allen gave you points, um, Matt Stafford hooked me up. Travis Kelsey did a really good job for me. And even the Niners defense got me 16 points in a loss. So just edged you out over there. So I'll take the victory for this week. Damien, you are back. So we're going to squish you in the middle as Nikki goes first, you go second, and I will go last. Here we go. And, I, you know, Damien, maybe you got a little advantage because a couple of weeks you haven't used a couple of guys. So let's see where he goes over here. But, Nikki, ladies first, you got the honors. Go anywhere from quarterback to running back, wide receiver, defense. And, oh, guys, are we going to be doing tight end this week? Um, I'm down. You're down, you good for yeah, tight end? Yeah, I'm sorry. As usual, you guys know out there, audience, we don't we don't talk and prep or anything. <laughs> so. Here we, we, all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw in the tight end. We're going to do tight end. Nikki and I were doing tight end just to add in a little bit over the past couple of weeks. So we'll do that, too. We'll stick it in there. Why not? All right, Nikki, your very first pick. My very first pick is, and I was going through my list and I'm like, wow, I didn't take this guy. So I will take Mr. December, please. Oh, okay. So Henry it is, huh? Yep. Okay. Very good. Yeah. That's funny you say that. I was looking through my list. I'm like, oh man, I didn't take these guys yet. I'm like, okay. I got a little ammo for the end of the season. All right, Damien, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end or defense. Which way are you going first? I'm going to go ahead and go with a quarterback and looking at this matchup, I said that he'll go under over the under on the over under, but hopefully I'm wrong. I'm going to go with Jalen Hurts against Arizona. Okay. All right. right. And who they got the Cardinals this week, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know what? Those rushing yards can come into real handy. You could get that extra three points for the bonus if he get, if he gets a hundred and and who knows? Not a bad pick. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I get to wrap around. Snake time for me. I get two picks. Here we go. Let me take. You guys won't. Believe, I haven't taken Aaron Rodgers yet, so I'm going to take Rodgers and I'm going to take Cam Akers because he's been hot for the for the Rams. So. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers quarterback and Cam Akers at running back. So, Damien, it's your turn. Took my running back. (laughs) (laughs) That seems to happen. Yeah, no, it was a really good pick. Um, So, since you took my running back, I'm going to go with a wide receiver who I haven't taken yet. 
and I think that he's due for a good week. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. Okay. Okay. You know what? I was thinking about him. I got him on my fantasy team in one of my other leagues, and I'm like, Antonio Brown, that might not be a bad idea. Okay. A.B. A.B. in the house, a wide receiver. All right. Nikki, that means you get two picks. You got your running back. Which way are you going to go? Oh, it's getting tough, guys. <laughs> yeah. like, out of players. Um, where that me, management comes in. Oh, my God. For real. Uh, let me um, – you know what? I will, as D likes to say, combo it with the combo platter, and I will go Ryan Tannehill for my quarterback. Okay. Got Tannehill, and you also get another pick. Um, yeah, let's go wide receiver. You know what, Jay? I tried to take him last week. I wasn't sure, but let me go ahead and take Michael Thomas this week. There you go. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> healthy. He's healthy, D, right? <clears throat> yeah, nah, he's been healthy and he's been actually way better with Taysom than he was with Brees. I know it's funny, right? No kidding. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. So maybe maybe they're thinking they're not gonna throw the ball to him. Maybe that's why single coverage. Who the hell knows? All right, so so far, Nikki, you got Tannehill, King Henry, and Michael Thomas. Not a bad lineup so far. Damien, it is your turn. You got Jalen Hurts and Antonio Brown. Yeah, so for my running back, I'm going to go to your 49ers since they're playing against that weak Dallas defense. Mm. And I'm going to go Raheem Mostert. Okay, I like it. I like it. And I'll be rooting for you as well. Excellent. Okay, here we go. My next two picks. I'm going to go with the guy. Yeah, haven't picked this guy yet either. Um, I do get two picks, so here we go. I'm going to close out wide receiver and tight end. I'll save defense for last. I'm going to go Godwin with the Bucks, and I'm going to go Waller with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So I got Godwin at wide receiver and Waller. Uh, by the way, Damien, uh, <laughs> Nikki picked Waller. It was two weeks ago when he had the 200 yards and the two touchdowns, and she <laughs> she destroyed <laughs> So maybe a little payback here. So I got Godwin and Waller right now to go along with Rodgers and Cam Akers. Damian, you got Hurts, Mostert, and A.B. Who are you going next? Uh, I'm going to go defense next, and I'm going to go ahead. And I can't believe I haven't taken this defense yet. I'm going to go with the Rams against the Jets. Ooh, Ooh wow. wow. Nice, nice one. Yeah, that's good timing right there. Very good. Yeah. Nikki, you get to close it out here. Tight end and defense. All right, so I will take uh, – let me go ahead and take uh, Gronk. Ooh, okay. This week. Interesting. And, uh, oh, God, my defense is getting um, – I'm going to take – I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) It's daughter. (laughs) I just don't even know where to go. You know what? Let me let me go ahead. I'll take Washington. They're rolling. Okay. Okay. There we go. Washington. The Washington football team. Damian, you're down to your last pick at tight end, my friend. So for my tight end, I'm just picking this one out of hope that he does well. I'm going with Jared Cook. I had a feeling you were going to do that. All right. Jared Cook. Let's see if he can cook something up for Damian over the weekend over here at the tight end <laughs> position. All right, my very last pick. I have not picked the Patriots yet. I really I, I had a very hard time finding a defense with a really good matchup with teams that I haven't used yet. Uh, I know they're on the road and they're playing the Dolphins, but it's Bill Belichick, and he's going against a rookie quarterback, and his record against rookie quarterbacks were ridiculous. So I expect the Patriots to make some plays on defense and special teams. So I'll take the Patriots for my defense. 
So we have rounded out the freaky fantasy football draft for this week. Nikki has Ryan Tannehill and King Henry, along with Michael Thomas, the Gronk, and Washington football team defense. Damian has got Jalen Hurts, Raheem Mostert, my boy, A.B., as his wide receiver, Jared Cook, his man, and the Rams defense against the Jets. You might win the whole thing right there with that I don't that like one. that. I don't like that. <laughs> that. That's bad news for us right there, Nikki, no doubt. But uh, we'll see if our teams can take over. I got Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe I, I haven't picked him yet, but I got Rodgers. Cam Akers, I'm hoping he can continue that. Godwin, I need you to have a big game. Waller and the Patriots defense on the road against Miami. That is our freaky fantasy football draft for week fifth freaking teen already. I can't believe we're up there, guys. All right, so we'll see who wins. We'll keep it going. All right. Uh, yeah, let me ask you guys really quick. All right, I got a really, really quick question. Um, I'm in the, uh, what do you call it, uh, playoffs in, in my New York league, and I just need really, really quick advice if you guys don't mind. You're both very smart. You know your fantasy. You know everything. The name of this team is Cobra Kai because I love Karate Kid and they're actually coming out with a new series, Cobra Kai. But just quick questions on the players that I need. So let me just get this up really, really quick. Give me one second because I really need guys' help before we get into our picks. So let me just get to it. Hang about Be right there. Okay, here we go. Brandon Cooks is not a guy I'm thrilled about, but here's who I got starting so far. Jared Goff against the Jets, no-brainer. DeAndre Hopkins, no-brainer. Calvin Ridley, no-brainer as long as he's healthy. I got Derrick Henry, no-brainer. Leonard Fournette I put in there because Ronald Jones is out. Do you guys think that's a good idea? Because the only other guy I got, I only have Naheem Hines and Jamal Williams. So my only other two. So knowing that Fournette's going to get the ball against Atlanta, I went there. Damien, do you think that's right? Yeah, considering those other options with Himes, you don't know he's could be hit or miss because Taylor's starting to take off. Right. Um, so yeah, I would I would stick with Fournette, especially with Jones being out. Yeah, that that's my thinking. Uh, Nikki, you think the same? It's it, again, I got Naheem Hines and Jamal Williams, who's you know basically a backup. He gets the ball, but it's going to be Leonard Fournette's show against Atlanta. So I'm 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 going with him as of now. What do you think? Yeah, no, I would probably do the same. The only thing I would say, um, I know Taylor is taking off, but keep in mind they are playing Houston. So, and we got a lot of time before you set your lineups, but yeah, yeah. very true, very true. All right, all right, not a bit, but yeah, they are playing Houston. That's true. And I do like Naheem Hines out of the backfield. One more, um, look, I like the combination. I got Jared Goff to Robert Woods, but I'm wondering if I should stick in Jarvis Landry against the Giants or Brandon Cooks against the Colts. Should I should I just stick with Robert Woods there with that combo, guys? Yeah, I would stick with Robert Woods because with Cleveland, I can see them just running against the Giants a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Giants do have a good defense as well. Yeah. So with them, it'll be tough because that, that passing defense can be good at times. So Landry might have an off day. So, yeah, I would go ahead and stick to that combo that you have. Yeah, what do you think, Nikki? I should stick with Woods or – you know, Brandon Cooks against Indy, would that be better in your mind? What do you think? No, I don't like that either. Mm-hmm. Indy's got a pretty good defense, and so yep. do the Giants. So, no, I would stick with what you got. 
Okay. All right, good. I, I wanted to hear it from you guys. I want to, and also a tight end, I'm going to stick with Eric Ebron over Zach Ertz. I haven't seen anything out of Ertz yet, but Ebron's been getting the ball a lot. So, all right, wish me luck. That's uh, my New York uh, peoples over there. That's my uh, first round of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I appreciate the advice, and we all concur. Thank God. All right, here we go. Let's get our picks in over here. The first one, Thursday night football. Tomorrow, the Chargers at the Raiders. Okay, uh, the Raiders blew it last week. They absolutely must win this week. So I'm going to take the Chargers because the Raiders are going to blow it. The Chargers are somehow going to pull out a Justin Herbert win, 31-28. So I'm going to take the underdog Chargers, guys. Damien, am I nuts? Um, You're not nuts. I went back and forth on this game because both teams are out here just pooping it away. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to go with Vegas, though, just because the Chargers, the only reason the Chargers won last week is because they faced a team that's worse than them at finishing games. Um, (laughs) So true. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Vegas to win this one 24-20. Okay, okay. So you got Vegas. And Nikki, what about you? Um, well, I've been hyping up the Raiders all show, so I guess I better just put my money where my mouth is. Uh, I'm going to go Raiders 27, Chargers 23. Fair enough. Okay, let's keep it rolling. Bills at Broncos. So, okay, the Bills got to go to mile high. Um, I'm not sh- I don't remember the last time they played there. I wonder if it will have an effect. It's actually a Saturday game, which is really interesting. That's kind of awesome, actually. So, we got the Bills at the Broncos. Damian, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like the week 15, week 16 Saturday night games. Uh, I think those are really cool to throw those in there. Um, and I got Buffalo winning this one 27-17. Um, Denver showed some heart last week. And we talked about Drew Locke being a gunslinger, but Buffalo's a complete team. And they know what's on the line right now. They have a chance to get to that number two spot if they continue to win at Pittsburgh slips up again. So I can see Buffalo continue to play well and beat Denver in this one, 27-17. Yeah, who doesn't love Saturday Night Football, right? Yeah. Hold on. Let me hear it. Let me hear it for a second. Saturday night's all right for football. All right. Two football games on Saturday night. So you're going with the Bills, my friend. Nikki, what are you going to do? Uh, no, I'm rolling with the Bills. They made a statement last week, and that was don't underestimate them, and I will not. So Buffalo 26, Denver 18. Yeah, I don't see any trap game here or anything of that sort. I see a lot of turnovers, actually, uh, in favor of the Bills. So I'm going Bills 24-16, because I think that they'll struggle a little bit in the beginning, and in the second half, they'll take control. So I got the Bills. I'm with you guys on that one. Our next game, Panthers at Packers, also on Saturday. Nikki, what do you got? Yeah, Green Bay sitting in the top spot. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's going to test his defense, but Aaron Rodgers will absolutely come out on top. Green Bay 31, Carolina 24. Yep, I'm just going to go ahead and agree with you right away. Um, I got the Packers 36-18, and I'm locking it up, guys. So I'm locking up the Packers in this game. Damian, what are you going to do? Clink, clink. I'm going to lock it as well. (laughs) (laughs) Go with Green Bay 30-20. All right, all right. So nice, comfortable wins over there. Let's get to our next one. The Seattle Seahawks, who play their football in the state of Washington, are going to Washington, D.C., and to play the football team. So, 
the Seahawks, uh, call it a must win. If they want to win the division, they're going to come out with everything they got. Washington is a tough beat. There's no doubt about it. So Seattle's always been good on the road going cross country. So I don't worry about that. And knowing, look, both teams really need this game, guys. So I think we're going to get a really good game. But in the end, I think that Russell Wilson is just too good. He'll scramble out of the pocket, make plays, and they'll win win the game by a touchdown, 27-20. So I got Seattle, but it's not going to be easy, Nikki. No, it's not. Um, And when I was trying to decide who to pick, I was just like, hmm, all of a sudden, this is not the easiest game to pick. Uh, Washington defense has allowed 14.3 points over the last four uh, game winning streak that they've been on. Um, But I do see that the Seahawks are finding their rhythm more and more um, every week defensively as well. So I'm definitely giving the edge to Russell Wilson, Seattle 24, Washington 20. Okay. Yeah. Close game. I'm I'm definitely agreeing with the close game. Uh, Damien, do you think Washington's got a shot here, bro? They definitely have a shot. I agree. It's going to be a really good game. Uh, like you said, both teams have a lot to play for. And it's the, you said it's official that Alex Smith won't be playing? As far as I know, yeah, I haven't heard anything different. I'm pretty sure Haskins is in there, yeah. So, yeah, with Haskins being in there, I can see Seattle maybe getting some turnovers. So I got Seattle winning 21-17. Okay, we're all on Seattle over there. Yep, they need this game, absolutely. Otherwise, it's going to be the Rams division for sure. Okay, here we go. We got the Bears at the Vikings. We talked about that game before. The winner of this game will stay in playoff contention. So which one is it going to be? I'll t- Guys, let me go first here. Uh, the Vikings are so darn inconsistent. It's just, I, I, I wouldn't bet on them. You know, I, I like to bet football games, and I very rarely ever touch a Minnesota Viking game because they're so unpredictable. The game is in Minnesota. But I feel like the Bears, again, a divisional game that they just somehow are going to have their number and and make enough plays. And Kirk Cousins is going to mess up here and there. And I don't know if Dalvin Cook is going to have a remarkable day. I got to take the Bears here, guys, by a field goal, 28-25, Damian. It's going to be a tough one, but I'm taking the Bears. And I'm going to basically eliminate Minnesota from contention where I had them winning the division in the beginning of the year. Yeah, I'm... I'm really torn on this game. Uh, like you said, Minnesota's super inconsistent. But you know who's more inconsistent than the Vikings? Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with Minnesota to win this one because after the good Trubisky game, you're due for the three interception Trubisky game. Yeah, you gotta so go. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going Minnesota to win this one, 21 to 18. Oh, man, maybe I should switch my pick. He makes a good point. All right, Nikki, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I know. Now, well, I had Chicago, but now after listening to Damien, maybe I'll change my pick. Um, no, I just feel like the Bears, they found a little bit of an offensive groove. Minnesota won the last matchup. I feel like they split, so I have Chicago 30, Minnesota 27. But I do think we're in for, like, some wild, crazy finish, though, with these two. Uh, you know what? I'm thinking something crazy like that also. Yeah, this this could be one of those crazy type of fourth quarters. Who knows what's going to happen? But we'll find out on Sunday. All right, we'll have our eyes peeled. All right, and we're going to also be looking at the Patriots visiting the Miami Dolphins down here in my neck of the woods. This game is probably my hardest game to pick, so I'm going to let you guys go first. Damian, what do you think with the New England Patriots coming down here to Miami to face the Dolphins who are right there? At uh, what eight and five, right there in the thick of the playoffs. What do you think happens? 
this is a very interesting game. It's kind of a flip of fortunes where last year you had New England um, heading down to, I believe it was in Miami when Miami beat them to cost them one of those buys last That's year. That's right. That crazy play with with uh, Kenyon Drake. That's right. Yeah. So this year you have New England being a spoiler for Miami can cost them a playoff spot. But I don't think New England has enough to cost Miami a playoff spot. I got Miami winning this one, 21-13. Very good game, though. Okay. Okay. And a close one. He's got Miami. Nikki, how about you? I honestly, like, I just didn't even really know what to do here. I'm just going <laughs> based off the fact that, look, if the Dolphins are a true playoff team, um, they're going to win this game. They have to win this game. Um, but I think it's going to be an ugly game. Um, and it'll look pretty close to their first meeting. And I think Miami comes up just short in this one. Somehow Bill Belichick and Cam Newton get it done. I don't know what the score is going to be, but I'm going to go New England. Uh, Nikki, I agree with you. Uh, I do. I think that, again, I, I talked earlier about the way that Bill Belichick eats up rookie quarterbacks and Tua. I love him, no doubt about it, but he's going to have his toughest contest, I believe, in this game. I think it's going to be very low scoring. I think the game could maybe go two and a half hours. It'll be a really quick one. A lot of stuff on the ground. I think the clock will be running a lot. So I think low scoring and again, Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Miami has a good defense. We know that, but Belichick just understands and he'll find the weak spot on offense and defense, exploit it. And I believe they're going to win the game 19 to 16. So I'm going to agree with Nikki and I'm going to take the Patriots on this one. So you are the lone ranger, Damian, on this one in Miami, my friend, even though they are at home. So it's a very big game, obviously, for for Miami. We'll see if they can pull it out. And uh, if they do, I'll give them mad props, even against not such a great Bill Belichick team right now. All right, let's get to the next one. Oh, this is ugly. Jaguars at Ravens. If the Ravens lose this game, then they should be a, just eliminated from football for the next five years. You can't <laughs> lose the game. It's impossible. All right, so I got them 30-19. Lock this freaking thing up. Ravens over Jaguars, 30-19. No, no question in my mind. Tell your husband he's going to have a great weekend. Well, yeah, no, I think so, too. Look, Ravens, truth of the matter is they don't really have any room for error right now, so they can't lose this game. And I just don't think Jacksonville is going to have the answer uh, for the Baltimore run game or um, Lamar Jackson. So I got Baltimore 30, Jacksonville 20, and I'm locking it in. There you go. There you go. There's, that's your first lock, right? Yep. First lock. All right, Damien, what do you got, bro? I'm going Baltimore a lot, Jacksonville a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't lose. Like you said, they cannot lose this game. It's a must-win game against one of the worst teams in the league. If you lose this game, they should forfeit their playoff spot and let Miami have it. Absolutely. No really must win game and look the Jaguars sometimes keep it close but no not not right now Lamar's gonna have to have it you know just show up the whole Ravens team they should romp them they really should all right let's get on to our next one we got the Bucks who came off a bye beat Minnesota now they go to the Falcons divisional game Damian what do you think this one will be close I think it's gonna be a close game uh but I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay to win 24-21 Okay, let me tell you right now, I have uh, almost exactly identical identical. No, I don't have identical scores. I'm a liar, but I do have the Bucks winning twenty four to ten. I don't think that Atlanta is going to have such a great day uh, on offense. I think the Bucks are really going to come out to play on D. 
So I like the Bucks a lot here. I think they win at 24-10. So I agree with you. Nikki, is it a trifecta? It is a trifecta. Tampa Bay 28, Atlanta 19. Okay, so a comfortable win for them also. All right, all right. Let's rock and roll over here with our next game. We got um, <laughs> we got Damien's favorite team and lost head coach, the Detroit Lions, going over to play the Tennessee Titans. Um, all right, Nikki, you take it away. <laughs> Mr. December. Yeah, they, that's, that's pretty that's much all. Stafford's, right? <laughs> Stafford's not playing, right? So, yeah, Tennessee 31, Detroit 21. Okay, Damien, what do you got? Uh, Tennessee 28, Detroit 18. Derrick Henry, huge day. Derrick Henry, huge day. Yep, I'm agreeing. Derrick Henry, huge day. Get him on your fantasy team. I got the final score because Detroit likes to score a couple of touchdowns late, 34 to 25. So we all got Tennessee on that one. All right, next game, the Texans at Colts. We have another divisional game over here. The Colts took the first one, but, man, the Texans were so close with that fumble by Deshaun Watson just a couple of weeks ago. So we know they can hang with him, but this time it's an Indies building, Damian. So what do you think happens here? For some reason, this game's going to be close. I can't explain why, um, but it's going to be close. But I got the Colts winning 28-24. Okay. All right. Nikki, what do you got? Um, yep. I, uh, I think, like we said, Jonathan Taylor's found his groove. Houston gives Deshaun Watson no help whatsoever. He has to do it all by himself. And I think his defense will let him down. I have Indy 30, Houston 20, and I'm locking that one in. All right. Okay. So we got a lock right there. And, uh, you know, I'm also going Colts. I, Frank Reich is a guy that I could have put in for coaching, uh, head coaching candidate of the year. Uh, he's done a spectacular job with an aging Phillip Rivers, that defense. I know he's more of a quarterback guy. And uh, Nikki had brought up Carson Wentz going to Indy uh, last uh, couple of shows ago, which would be a phenomenal fit because he wouldn't get sacked 45 times. But that's a whole other thing altogether. Sorry for the tangent. But, yes, I agree. The Colts win this game. Frank Reich will not let them lose, whether it's running or Phillip Rivers with his 5-7 to seven to 10-yard passes. It'll be a 30-23 to 23 ball game. I agree it will be close, only a touchdown. But I got the Colts as well on this one. Let's move on to the Eagles at the Cardinals. Jalen Hurts getting his second start going up against Kyler Murray over here in Arizona's building. This will be an interesting one, guys. Nikki, what do you think happens? Oh, this game's for the birds. <laughs> it Literally, it is. <laughs> literally. Um. I think this is going to come down to protecting the football on both sides. Like I said, I think Arizona is feeling themselves a little bit. They think they got a good defense because they played a horrible Giants team. Um, I think the Eagles have a shot. Uh, I don't know. Really could go either way. I'm going to go Arizona 23, Philly 20. Okay, so you got Arizona. Damian, what do you say? Man, I've been struggling with this one. Uh, Like I said, I'm not impressed with Arizona. Uh, Philadelphia looked really good against the Saints, especially for that second quarter. I'm going to go with Philly in the upset over Arizona Ooh. in Arizona. Uh, like I said, don't believe in this Arizona Cardinals team. And I want to see chaos. I think this will cause the most chaos for Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I love Arizona. chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure would. You're not kidding. Oh, man, what a disappointment that would be for the Redbirds over there while the Eagles, uh, yeah, trying to soar Jalen Hurts. Wow. I can't go with you over there. You're going to have to be the Lone Ranger on this one. I'm going Arizona also. They need the game so bad. 
not that the Eagles don't and not that they're going to come out there playing hard, but I think ultimately the Eagles defense can't keep up with the Cardinals offense if they're on point, and I think they will be. So I like the Cardinals 29-18 to 18 in this game. So I think they win rather comfortably. Jalen Hurts is going to make a few mistakes, uh, maybe not against the Cardinals defense so much because they're not great. But, uh, yeah, I would expect a couple of mistakes here and there and Kyler Murray to have the better day. So I'll go with the Cardinals. The next game, I don't even know if we have to mention, but the Jets are at the Rams. I just feel so sorry for them that they have to take the trip over there. I mean, they're probably going to take 15 Xanax before they even get on the plane just to sleep to get to L.A. Damien, how much did the Rams win by? Uh, I got to win about 20, 30 to 10 uh, in this one. Like I said, because I think they take their foot off the gas. And clink, clink, lock it in. Yep, knew that bad boy was coming in. Absolutely. <laughs> Nikki, what do you got? Oh, yeah, lock this in. The line is, uh, what, 17 or something like that? So they cover, they lock it, they do all that. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, 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 they do everything. It's, it's all over. They have no shot. So I'm with you guys. Absolutely, uh, Rams, all the way. I have a final score of 33 to 17. Somehow the Jets get lucky and score a few points. I'm going to spare them the lock because I feel like I'm just beating them to death with a lock almost every single week. So I'll save it for another game going to the Monday night football game. So again, we all got the Rams on this one. You both clink, clink that bad boy in. The Steelers, a two-game losing streak going to the Joe Burrowless Bengals Monday night football. I wish they would have had a different game there, but okay, we're going to have to watch this one. I got the Steelers in a freaking romp, guys. I think that they come back with a vengeance and they make the Bengals look like little tiny kittens. 37-15, lock it in Steelers. Damian, what do you say? Yeah, I'm going with the Steelers as well. I think they take out their anger on Cincinnati. They get a chance to rest. You know, they've been playing a lot of games in a very short period of time. So now they get a full week's of rest, and the Bengals will pay for it, 27-13. Yeah, they sure will. Oh, they- yeah, and clink, clink, lock oh, it in. That's a lock. All right, there we go. Ooh. So lock that bad boy in. I'm with you on that one. Nikki, you got two locks in. Is this going to be your third? Do I only have two? No, no, you have third. You have your third. You're locked in the Rams. I'm sorry. You have your third lock. Uh, No, I'm not locking it, but, I mean, obviously they are going to win. Pittsburgh 28, Cincy 13. Yes, indeed. All right. We're all on Pittsburgh. We're all on the Rams before that game. Now let's get to our games. All right, here we go. Nikki, let's start with your team. The Browns going to the Giants. And I think the funniest thing about this is they flexed out the Cowboys out of all teams, America's team, quote unquote. So the Browns and the Giants can play on Sunday football. I love that altogether. That's just great. Cowboys got flexed out. How freaking fantastic is that? All right. Browns at Giants. Nikki, we'll save you for last. Um, Look, the Browns just lost, but still on a high. They played really well. Look, they're nine and four right now. They're obviously a very good team. The Giants do have a good defense, but I don't see them scoring enough points to keep up. I'm going to take the Browns 27 to 16. Damian, what do you got? Uh, in the ghost of Odell Beckham's past, I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go with Cleveland 28 to 16. I think that they are showing that they're for real and they will take care of a team that they're better than. Yeah, Nikki, I'm sorry to say they are better than the Giants, but they're in New Jersey. Let's get it correct. In New Jersey, <laughs> Sunday night football. So, do you think your team can pull it out? No, no. Look, now they, <laughs> no. they flex the game, right? I've seen this movie way too many times. 
It's a Sunday night game, national stage, the vision's on the line, and they're going to fall apart. I already know it's coming. I probably shouldn't even watch. I'm going to anyway. But, you know, I don't know. I might switch to, like, Real Housewives of Atlanta or something at halftime. I can't make any promises that I watch it all the way through. Like I said, no Daniel Jones, Colt McCoy. I I think they're going to score some points, but I got Cleveland 28, Giants 21. All right. So we're all on Cleveland. We're all keeping it real over here. Um, I'm going to I'm going to keep it as real as I possibly can. 49ers at Cowboys. Uh, Damien, why don't you go first on this one in a meaningless game pretty much? Yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers just because I think they're a better coach team in Dallas. They're due for a put down after all their fans get excited about that win. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with the 49ers 28-21. I'll take that logic any day. Nikki, what do you think? Yeah, classic game here with a very low stakes. Um I think the Cowboys are super inconsistent. You never know what you're going to get. Um, but I do think we're going to get a San Francisco win. I have Niners 24, Dallas 21, and shut up that hype train. <laughs> right? Take the rails off, baby. I love it. I love it. Yep. Uh, even though 49 is on the road, just picture Terrell Owens on the star and then George Teague knocking them off. But still, we get the win like we did in that game. I think the 49ers, yeah, again, like you said, Damian, much more well-coached, much more hungry, much better defense, all that. So I like the 49ers that'll be a close game, 26-22. They come out to play, and if George Kittle plays in this game, watch the hell out. He will go ballistic, no doubt about it. If he's healthy, you want him on your fantasy team if you're in DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever. So pick him up. All right, so we all got the 49ers. The last game, we saved the best for last, apparently. The Chiefs at the Saints. Whoa, bro. Holy <laughs> crap. This is a big one right here. And I, I pray that Drew Brees is back because I want to see this clash. I want to see this battle really bad, Nikki. What are your thoughts on this clash of the Titans? Why is this not Sunday night football? Yeah, really. No kidding. Yeah, like, it should. What, why? What uh, universe like, do you live on? <laughs> talk about, yeah, like a marquee game. I mean, this is the one we all want to see. Um pressures on the saints and if this was any other team i would roll with the saints chiefs are three and oh indoor uh on the indoor starts and the homes in those indoor games has a 91.8 passer rating edge to the chiefs uh 34 saints 30 oh god i love the stats when she does that i, I love those stats that she pulls out she's so well prepared i love it it's amazing look damien we're going to save you for last over here on this game i'll say a little bit and i'll leave it to you obviously this is going to be their toughest game yet, unless, you know, you want to argue green Bay, but um, they are home. Drew Brees. Again, I hope he plays. I hope he's healthy enough because it'll be a wonderful high scoring game where people love to see, but it's very hard for me to pick anybody over Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs right now. I can definitely see the saints winning, but I am going to pick the chiefs, bro. I got them 43 to 34 in a shootout and a turnover at the end. Somehow will give the Chiefs the win. That's my opinion. What are your thoughts, my friend? Uh, for the first time all year, I have to pick against my Saints. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I got, uh, got Kansas City winning. So for an update on Breeze, he was cleared for practice. Um, but okay. Sean Payton says he has a long way to go as far as playing. Oh, um, so my guess, would, yeah, my guess would be that we'll see more of Taysom Hill and I got Chiefs winning 28 to 21. I do think we keep it close. 
I think the strategy that you're going to see in this game from the Saints is going to be one of the reasons that we all like Sean Payton as a coach. People are going to be like, okay, wow, I can't believe he came up with this strategy for this game. I think it's going to be a lot of running. The Chiefs don't have the best run defense in the world. So I think you'll see a lot of Latavius Murray, a lot of Alvin Kamara, a lot of Taysom Hill actually running the ball. Hmm. And we'll try to keep it close that way. Our defense does have, we are superb, but it's the Kansas City offense. And no defense, no matter how good you are, can slow them down for a, a sustained period of time. So I got Kansas City winning 28-21. So true. And yeah, we're, keep, we're keeping it real over you. This, yeah, I was going to say, this is the first time that you picked against your team and predominantly you've been right pretty much, you know, only two losses for them, uh, you know, up until last week. So yeah, no doubt. This is going to be a great one. It, it won't surprise me one bit if the Saints win. So those are our teams right there. That's the best game of the week by far, in my opinion. Uh, it should be prime time all the way. Like you said, Nikki Chiefs at Saints. Can't wait to watch that one. And before we get out of here, we got some name that player for you. All right, let's get it going over here. Guys, if you don't mind, I'll take the first one. Here we go. Nikki's favorite segment, name that player. All right. I've been playing quarterback now for the same team that drafted me in 2014. So we're still playing quarterback for the same team that drafted him in 2014. Never won a Super Bowl as my team lacked talent on both sides of the ball. I am, however, a three-time Pro Bowler. I'm extremely durable and have taken nearly every single snap since I arrived here. In 2017, I was ranked 11th in the top NFL 10 100. In the top NFL 100, excuse me. So I have a bonus if you guys aren't sure. While you're thinking, I'll repeat them. Been on the same team that drafted me since 2014. I'm a quarterback. Never won a Super Bowl. I am a three-time Pro Bowler. I'm extremely durable. I've taken nearly every single snap since I was drafted. And in 2017, I was ranked 11th out of the NFL Top 100. If you guys aren't sure, I do have a bonus. So let's let the people think about it, Jason. We are up against the break. So let's let them think good about idea. that. They will good come idea. back. That's a good idea. All right. Third and three podcast coming right back at you. Hang in there for 30 seconds. right that's right new york baby fat joe know how it goes down that's right third and three podcast back in the house back in your face back in your place baby this is how we do it football nfl fun all that good stuff hope you've been enjoying the show so far third and three podcast with nick damien and jason we're going to give our twitter handles out later make sure you do follow third and three podcast on twitter that's where you're going to get everything our last segment of the day ladies and gentlemen one of my favorites, name that player. We give out a few clues, and we try to figure out who that player is. So before the break, we had a little uh, – we, we had one. I'm going to go over it again. 
and we're going to see if our contestants over here, my partners, can get it. So, one more time. I've been playing quarterback for the same team that drafted me since 2014. Never won a Super Bowl, but I am a three-time Pro Bowler. Extremely durable, taking nearly every snap since I arrived. In 2017, I was ranked 11th in the NFL Top 100. Any clue so far? Mm. What do you think, Nikki? I think it might be Derek Carr. Nikki says Derek Carr. Damien, what do you think? Mm, Derek Carr. That is a good guess. Um, I can see him being ranked high that year that they made it to the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr as well. <laughs> that one was not easy. Very good. So really, that one was not easy. My bonus was going to would have totally given it away. I hope to drive my team to the Super Bowl. Drive car, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've been soaking in all the Raiders this week. So <laughs> very good, guys. Nikki, you you said that, and Damien, you were right there. Excellent job. That was not easy. All right, who's up next? Uh, we'll save Nikki's for last. I'm excited to see what Nikki uh, oh, did. So I'm going to go second here. All, All right. right. So some people say that this player was born a champion. The 12-time Pro Bowler was a first-round pick by the Washington football team, but became a Hall of Famer by riding a horse off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it to you one more time. Some people say this guy was born a champion. The 12-time Pro Bowler was a first-round pick by the Washington football team, but became a Hall of Famer by riding a horse into the sunset. Okay. Picked by the Washington football. This is good. 12-time Pro Bowler. I know. Who the hell? Oh, wow. <laughs> this is pretty good. This is the t- the, This is probably your toughest one so far. That'd be something with a horse. Oh, well, I don't yeah, know. yeah. I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, between like Broncos and how many other horses are there? Broncos and Colts from Washington. 12 time Pro Bowler. This is unbelievable. I don't I'm know. Smack myself after this. I'm, not giving <laughs> up yet. I'm not giving up. Started in what? Born a champion. There's got to be something to that. Um, wow. Washington. How can I not get this? Um, oh, wait. Did you say a position or no? I didn't say a position. Uh, okay. I think a position would give it away. Okay. Then <laughs> I think I think I got it then. Right, who are you going with? Champ Bailey. All right, who are you going with, Nikki? Uh, I no, no one. I really have no idea. Yes, it is Champ Bailey. Yeah, oh God, Damien! I kept. I don't know why I kept thinking quarterback in my head, like you said quarterback, and I'm like, wait a second, he didn't say a position. So I'm like, okay, let me get back to this because I'm. Tr- There's no quarterback that went from Washington, twelve-time Pro Bowl, LeBron. So I'm. I'm glad I asked. All right, that was that was tough. Very good question, my friend. All right, Ugh. Nick. You ready to kill us or what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is name that coach, obviously. 
Mm. Okay. Okay. I started my NFL coaching career as the linebackers coach for Tampa Bay. I won coach of the year in the early 2000s. I was the head coach for two NFL franchises. One of the franchises I coached, I finished with nine years of service, three playoff appearances, and one Super Bowl appearance. Who am I? Hmm. I think I know. Could, could you say it one more time? Hmm. I started my NFL coaching career as the linebackers coach for Tampa Bay. Okay. I won coach of the year in the early 2000s. I was the head coach for two NFL franchises. One of the franchises I coached, I finished with nine years of service, three playoff appearances, and one Super Bowl appearance. See, that three-year appearances, that's, I, I think I have the answer, but that, that three-year appearance is throwing me off. Damien, you got a clue right now? Yeah, I'm thinking of somebody, but yeah, like you said, the three playoff appearances, I was thinking more than that for the right. guy I'm thinking of. Uh, Before I spit it out, I'm just going to think a little bit more if there's somebody else. Okay, so one coach of the year, Tampa Bay linebackers coach, coach two teams. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you want to say it at the same time, Damien? <laughs> we can. All right. One, two, three. Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Yes, I was guessing. Lovey Smith. Oh, oh. oh. you stupid oh. Nicky Tricky. <laughs> Damn. Oh. I knew we were both thinking the same dude, but the three year play, but like, no, they've been in the playoffs way more than that. That's why I couldn't yeah. think. Lovey then, Smith. Oh, yeah. man. Lovey Smith. I totally didn't think know about the starting off of Tampa Bay. I actually did know that, but I, I, he never entered my mind for a second. That great question, Nikki. That's a really great question. But I'm glad you guys brought up Tony Dungy because together, not only were they friends, but they were also the first two African American head coaches to oppose each other in a Super Bowl. That's and right. There, all yeah. the knowledge you need for the week. Yeah. <laughs> right, major knowledge right there. Ah, right, great job, Nikki. That's an excellent question. You stumped us on that. Love you, Smith. Very good one. Boston. Yeah. We, we could have sworn it was Tony Dungy, but again, me and him on the three years were like, nah, that just don't work. That was that was the whole thing, Damien. The whole three years were like, nope, we can't yeah. do that. But I, I was out. I couldn't think. But Lovey Smith, all right, there you go. Lovey Smith. I wonder if he'll end up back somewhere. That'd be interesting. But yeah, yeah. he did just get, he did just get fired too, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, look, I, I think he's a good coach. It's just sometimes it's where you are. You know, a lot of it. A lot of it just depends where you are, whether it's the people, the organization, things like that. That's why real quick before we end the show, because we're going to go right now. But I mentioned to you earlier how Nikki brought up Carson Wentz going to the Colts. They have that great offensive line. They have an excellent defense. Do you think that real quick, Damian, do you think that he would be, I don't know, rejuvenized or whatever and getting out of Philly and having a clear head, Frank Reich, he's already worked with. Do you think that would be a great landing spot for him if that's at all possible? I think it could be um, if Jalen Hurst continues to play well and shows that he can be a true starting quarterback. Um, I think that it would be smart for them to trade to the Colts. The Colts are definitely going to be looking for a quarterback next year. Right. Um, you know, if they don't think, you know, Brissett could be the guy. So I think that could be a good land spot for Wentz. Um, if the Saints are looking for a quarterback next year, that could be a good land spot as well. Um, mm-hmm. If they believe, if Sean Payton believes that Wentz is a talent that 
you know, he showed in that you know, almost MVP year a few years back. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, we have to see more from Jalen Hurst to see if that's going to happen. Right. Or will Jalen Hurst be the trade bait? So Philadelphia mm-hmm. is definitely going to be like the story of the offseason um, if Jalen Hurst continues to play well. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Yeah, Nikki, uh, me and you both see, you know, Carson Wentz with the Colts having a lot of success if that does happen. But, um, yeah, we'll play quarterback carousel another time. Nikki and I had a lot of fun with that, putting quarterbacks on different teams, seeing if it will work out. So, hey, we got more to come, obviously. We got football game tomorrow night, third and three podcast back next Wednesday, doing what we do. I am at Sports Profit One. That's the number one. Get at me. Hit me up on the Power 32 podcast and the 3rd and 3 podcast. I love debating, discussions, all NFL stuff. It's fantastic. Nikki, your Twitter handle. Let them know where to find you. You can find me at Nikki Nick 9384 You better freaking follow her. I'm coming after you. Damien, tell them all the goodness, brother. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at the Real Deal WDA. That's on all social media platforms, The Real Deal. W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. And you can subscribe to The Real Deal with Damian Adams podcast on all podcast platforms. It's available everywhere. On that one, I call it Dope Takes Over Dope Beats. Oh, I love it. I love it. Nice. My man is sharp. He's funny. He's entertaining when he does his shows. I, I absolutely love it. You, you come up with great, unique ideas and everything that you don't steal from anybody. All your own. I love it. We're so unique. We're third and three. We're out for today. We love you guys. We appreciate you listening. Shout out to the sports column again. Third and three podcast. We are out. Peace. Bye.